And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Gentlemen, I'm here tonight to tell you a very strange story. A story so strange that no one will believe it. I'm going to show you the greatest thing your eyes have ever beheld. He was a king and a god in the world he knew. But now he comes to civilization. Merely a captive. A show to gratify your curiosity. Ladies and gentlemen, look at Khan. The eighth wonder of the world. You know, maybe my luck has changed. Listen, there is a girl out there who might be running for her life from some gigantic turned-on ape. Welcome to Two True Freaks. This is the third episode of King Kong Month. I am Scott Gardner, and I'm joined as always by Chris Honeywell. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, a monkey movie. <laughs> I love it. It's monkey movie. I am so psyched up for this episode. Really, really looking forward to it because you know what? This has been on my list of movies to cover for Two True Freaks since the very beginning. Be- from from the planning phases, before we even had a name for this show, this is a, a movie that's been on my list. Because, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm 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 un you know unashamedly. Uh, damn, I can't even talk tonight. I, I I love this movie unashamedly. You know what I mean? I, I I'm such a fan of this one. Um, just sitting and rewatched it again the other day, and it's been a probably a I'm thinking probably at least a couple of years since I've seen this last. And so I tried my best to watch it objectively, you know, which is really hard because it's a movie I've seen probably probably at this point it's probably literally hundreds of times. You know, since you know my childhood, since it came out and everything, so it's really hard to look at it with new eyes. It's really hard to look at it with any objectivity whatsoever. But I tried, and there were some moments where I was like, "Yeah, you know, that's a little cheesy or that's a little dated or whatever." But still, at the end of the day, I, I all was forgiven. You know, I still geek out over this one. I, I really, really am a big fan of this flick. I think what and, you, the term you were looking for earlier was unconditional love. You have unconditional love for unconditional King Kong monkey love. Yes, no matter no matter no matter how <laughs> cheesy Charles Grodin gets, it doesn't matter. That you sounds like a it. '70s porn title, doesn't it? Unconditional oh. monkey love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this that would go right along with this movie, as we'll see. But um, 
Oh, don't uh, think just, I'm not going to be tying the 70s porn into this movie as it goes <laughs> along. Oh, there's there's definitely a sequence oh, or two yeah. where, where I was, yeah, yeah, especially the, 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 I don't know what you would call him, the, the uh, priest or, um, um, what what was what was Chief Chirpa? What was he like a like the medicine man or whatever? Right, the, the you know, whatever, uh, yes, the, yeah, the, the the Chief Chirpa of the tribe in this one. There's there's a couple of moments where I'm like, ooh, does this guy know what movie he's in? Because he he looks like he thinks this is a porno, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a couple moments like that, but um, yeah, yeah. The the funny thing about this one. Do we, do we want to get into origin stories, or do we want to get straight into the the commentary on, or do we? What, how do you want to handle this one? Well, I don't have an. I don't have. I my origin story is is not complex with with this one. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I I did not see this movie when it came in seventy six. Uh, it was. Mm-hmm. It was um, pre when my you know parents would you know when i could get them to once star wars came out and i got them to drag me to star wars it was all over that's when i started going to the movies all the time but this was before that i know i wanted to see it really bad but at the same time my parents were probably like ah you're a little too young and the word on the street was that it was kind of a stinkeroo and that's just sort of how it went into history so i didn't see this till i was an adult probably watched it with you uh, when we lived on Monroe Avenue in Rochester in our in our 20s. Wow, so would that have been your first time? That would have been my first time and I remember wow. and I remember and I remember the the big impression I got off it was that wasn't so bad. <laughs> that wasn't the that wasn't the just, you know, big pile of turd that everybody said it was. There were some moments of it, but it was you know, I was I was very pleasantly surprised that I got a lot of enjoy. I was, I was a little disappointed at first that it was a monkey suit, but then again, it's Rick Baker in the monkey suit, so all's forgiven with that. But uh, and then the next time I watched it was was watching it for to uh, to prepare for this show, and then I went into full like ho- horror and and movie you know criticism right analysis yeah yeah into into analysis mode and uh found it fascinating from that point of view (laughs) so i'll be that's what i'll probably be that's the direction i'll be approaching it from oh that's that's tonight not as not as much as uh as a trying to tear it down or build it up but just try to like put it in its well, be, King be, Kong be, niche of, of yeah. King Kongs. You know? Well, not just that, but I mean, you know, be be the analytical guy. You know, I mean, be the be the you know the 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 professional movie eye on this one. Not so much movie critic as just you know the 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 critical eye of you know of the of the filmmaker. Because yes. you know, I'll, I'll definitely well, like I'm saying, we're not this one, we're, you know? we're we're not watching Stanley Kubrick here. You know, right? So, right. <laughs> you know, I, at the same rate, but, you know, I mean, you know, I, I I do see that's that's the biggest thing for me. And I, there's and I know some stuff going that, on in this movie, but I don't know if it's the filmmaker as much as it was, and or the the scriptwriter, or just the time that it was made. You know, right. coming but, through. So I think there's also some some studio stuff going on behind the scenes in this one as well you know as far as certain well, it's one of those things where there's, 
there was a lot of money and and time and effort and hype put into it so the oh, studio yeah. i'm sure was very fussy about it you know trying to you know get their fingers involved well hype's kind of what i what i wanted to talk about in my origin story because strangely enough like you um i don't know when i first saw this because mm-hmm. I distinctly remember, you know, like you said, I remember the hype machine for this one because there there was huge hype for this. And probably my biggest memory of, you know, of 76 in this movie were, were two King Kong, you know, related things, you know, related to this movie was the trading cards, which I was, you know, I was really crazy to get all of them, which I, I don't think I ever did. I know today that my, my collection's not complete. Back then, I, I can't remember if I built a complete collection or not, but I, I know that I wanted to and I was really working hard at it. Something tells me that the cards may have been rare in our area, and that's why I was really obsessed with trying to get them all. It was, just, it was hard to get a whole card set in yeah. Carthage. But I remember trying to build the pictures on the backs because this was back in the day when uh, you know the movie cards... On the backs, they would generally have one or two things. They would either have like a movie factoid, like something about the movie or about the actors that were in the movie or something like that, or it had a piece of a puzzle. And if you mm-hmm. collected all the cards and you know turned the cards over, you could form puzzles. And I know that there were several, I want to say like maybe three or four of those really beautiful promo posters that were done for this movie that you could make out of the cards and it was like Kong smashing through the the wall and Kong um, you know on top of the World Trade Center Kong throwing the the subway you know the elevated train to the ground and there was like one or two others or something like that and uh, oh, before I forget I wanted to uh, do a shout out to uh, Luke Jack and Eddie because I'm pretty sure it was him that pointed out on the forum quite a while back we were talking about this in one of our episodes, I can't remember what episode it was, and I mentioned something about uh, you know those beautiful posters by Neil Adams, and it was him that pointed out, dude, that's not Neil Adams, and I felt like an idiot because all these years I I thought for sure it was him. I, I would swear that you know that somewhere in like the art of Neil Adams or something, I had seen you know posters or something. I don't know where I ever associated Neil Adams with those posters, but it's it's not him. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what that artist's name is now, but uh, but Luke had uh, had put up a link on the forum a while back, you know that that tied to a really interesting article all about that artist and all about the origin of the of those really great promo posters and stuff. And I think I think you could actually get some of those posters through like. I remember when, um, like, when Star Wars and I think Star Trek: The Motion Picture, when they were out in the theaters, and you could go to like the grocery store, and like, if Mom mm-hmm. bought like three boxes of Tide or something, you'd get like a movie poster. Do you remember that? Yeah, Calgon. They had the yeah. Star Wars ones. Yeah, I've yeah, still got I, one, a couple of those Star Wars yeah, ones. Yeah, they're nice too. I think. The 76 Kong had something like that, too, because it, it seems to me like I had one or two Kong that, movie posters that God only knows what happened to them. But I think that's how you got them was through, like, some supermarket thing. Well, the, you know what the I mean? picture of him on the Twin Towers with the with the jet in his 
clutches was plastered all over everything. Oh yeah. Everywhere yeah. on bre- on Wonder Bread or you know what have you. It was just you saw it everywhere. So I remember all that, you know, as far as the the posters and the trading cards and t-shirts and everything and really really wanting to see it. But much like you, I don't think my parents I, 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 if I, if I went to the theater and saw it, I don't have any memory of it, which is odd for me. You know what I mean? I always right. remember being, you know, taken to, you know, movies I was really hyped up for, and especially movies that I, I loved back then. I want to say that that I fell in love with this movie when it was on HBO because I remember them playing it constantly on HBO when we first got HBO in like the early '80s. So I'm pretty sure that's when I first saw it. I don't think my parents would take me to it. I think it was, like you said, yeah. a combination of it being, um, you know, kind of adult material. You know, it was, a, it was a giant monster movie. And I was always one of those sensitive kids when it came to horror stuff. And so I think to my parents, this probably fell into the, like, horror monster realm, you know. I think it was the combination of that. And the uh, the bad word of mouth that it got shortly after it came out, you know, where critics were dogging it and all that sort of thing, that that they probably didn't want to part with the money to to take me to it. Which I don't, I'm not sure how my dad feels about Kong, but my mother would certainly just you know give the eye roll. You're like, yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> exactly. There's no way she was going to take me to see that. Indifferent at best. <laughs> so yeah, I I. I I'm pretty sure it was HBO, but uh, yeah, fell in love right away, and uh, and it's a combination of factors, which you know I'll get into as we as we get into the commentary. But that's pretty much my uh, very loosey goosey uh, origin yeah. story for '76 Kong. Well, we're getting into earlier. We're usually in the '80s when we're talking about stuff, so we have a little more. You know, our brains were a little more formed, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I, you know, I got a shout out for Luke, Luke Giaconetti too, because, um, I just realized we recorded the first two shows before I actually finished the, um, King Kong month theme that we have at the beginning of every episode. And, um, I don't think he did. I think it was off the air when we were recording the first episode is he suggested a misfit song called Kong at the Gates. And that's the song you hear at the at the beginning of it with all the stuff over it, and it was perfect—the perfect length and the just the mm-hmm. perfect. It's the most metal two true freaks <laughs> theme ever. <laughs> no, it, it is. Like I, I enjoyed it a lot because when you first said that, um, I was a little nervous because I was like, I don't know what that piece of music is, and <laughs> you know, will I like it? You know, the Misfits. I was trying to think. You know, I I know I've heard their music. You know, will I, will I like this? Will it be appropriate? But no, I really liked it, especially. You know, with the little, uh, you know, movie clips, you know, the, the sound bites you put in there from the different movies and stuff. I, I do. I dig it. I think it was really cool. So, yeah, well, thanks. You Luke. know, they're, 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 kind of, they're kind of a metal band. But at the same time, that song was, I think, just sort of something they played probably as an intro for the band to come out, you know? Right. It's a, it's a just it's a total it's a total intro, you know, it's that works. That's what we needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Good call, Luke. So we're uh, we're paused at zero zero, and we're just watching the uh, the standard. Uh, so far as I'm aware, I believe this is just the theatrical release, but this is from the DVD that's uh, that's commercially available. Now, as Luke pointed out, 
um, in our first episode, there is um, an expanded version out there, um, you know, from when this was on network television. I'm sure it's out there somewhere in internet land. I haven't seen it. I may have seen it when it was on TV when I was a kid. I, if I did, I don't remember what the additional things are. The, the version that I'm familiar with, with is the version that we're going to be uh, using for this commentary tonight. All the cutscenes are out there on YouTube. You know, uh, okay. That, that they prob- then that's probably all the stuff that ended up in, t- in in the TV. That's probably where they all came from, you know? Yeah. But. I'd like to see that one again sometime, or, or maybe for the first time. As I say, I don't remember the the movie or the uh, TV version at all, but uh, I'd like to see it at some point. I'd like to get my hands on it. I know that the DVD that I have is just bare bones. You know, it's, it's the movie. It's uh, I think it has the trailer. And I think that's it. I don't think it has any bonus features or anything, but uh, it's like the, I, I, it's I mean, like the DVD you'd buy at Seven Eleven, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, or, it's uh, you know, it's like you know, you pay five bucks for it at Walmart or something, you know. But I don't know if there ever has been a uh, a, a special edition or anything for this. If there hasn't been, there needs to be because this this is one I would love to get some like little documentaries and you know behind the scenes. There's been a Criterion collection of. King Kong 76 I very much doubt it that's a shame because it'd be nice you know what I would really like to see after all this time is uh, you know get the get as many of the old crew back together as you could and just give their reminiscences because I would love to know you know especially uh, especially the big two you know uh, Jessica Lang and Jeff Bridges I would love to know you know their thoughts on this all these years later because I'm I would imagine he probably still holds it in high regard I'm really curious what Jessica Lang thinks because she had a rocky road after this movie, you know. Yeah. But today she's you know she's she's very highly regarded. Yes, yeah, she had know, to fight her way. She had to fight her way up from King Kong. We'll, oh we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll be yeah. um. I'll be I'll be um. Yeah, I'll be all over that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> well, I think we've had enough preamble. What do you think? You ready to dive into uh, Kong seventy oh, six? What do you think? <laughs> Is there a giant monkey in it? <laughs> Answer, yes. Yes. All right, so we're ready to roll on this one? All right. Do All you right, want me to... to you oh, want go to ahead. Count? Go ahead. You always okay. do the honors on the countdown. Go ahead. Okay, on go. Three, two, one. Go. All right, there's the uh, the Paramount Mountain. In the Thanks, guys. Pretty... Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. Now, what do this movie and Superman the movie have in common? Um, I realized this until I sat down to watch it again after, like I say, after probably a couple of years of seeing this. I was, I was like, oh my god, because I, I, I was trying to remember who the first people that you see in this are. And of course, you know, you see this. Uh, Whatever this guy is, Japanese guy or whatever. Where the hell is Sarabaya? Says Indonesia. Where the hell is Indonesia? <laughs> uh, it's a disease you get when you get old. All right, time's up. They both have Jack O'Halloran right at the beginning of them. This is Jack O'Halloran. This That's big, Jack O'Halloran. Uh, big Jaws-looking guy. Yeah, he played Non, oh. one of the three. Um, Phantom Zone villains in Superman the movie and Superman 2. He's talking here, so that's why you probably don't recognize him. He's not going... Hey, and making all... 
That's why he looked. That's why I, I, I'm like this guy just looks stupid, you know, like like brain damaged. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, like, does. he looks well. He looks like like Jaws from uh, like you said from the James yes. Bond movies. Now the guy up there that was playing with the whatever that was hypodermic needle or whatever. That's a uh, Rene Abujouar or however the hell you pronounce that goofy Abujouar, name. Maybe. He uh, he's one of uh, at least two Star Trek connections in this because he went on to play Odo in um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> that guy looks familiar too, playing the security guy. He looks like somebody like from a James Bond movie or something, doesn't he? Odd job or something. Yeah. Or, or you know, maybe these guys are from like I, I wish Luke was here. He's probably said, "Oh, they were in Godzilla movies or something." This right. guy looks like the captain of the love boat. <laughs> captain Stubing. Now that's um, the guy that uh, that Luke gave a name to because I can never remember his name. His name's John Randolph. Probably, I would argue, probably best remembered as Clark Griswold's father in Christmas Vacation. But I always remember him best as uh, the guy that leads the hearing in uh, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. He's the one that questions um, Cornelius and Zira, you know, before the congressional uh, subcommittee or whatever the hell you call it. So there's a monkey connection with him, oh, too. definitely. Yeah, a huge one. Yeah, Planet of the Apes and, and Kong, definitely. And the Planet of the Apes would have been before the, well, that was probably before this, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that was seventy three or four, three. wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, three or four, yeah, something like. It takes place in nineteen seventy three, so the movie's you know, and it was contemporaneous, so the movie itself was out in somewhere between seventy two and seventy four. I'm not sure exactly when, but uh, man, I so badly, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be off format too often every year you know but i so badly wish that we could follow up kong month directly with planet of the apes month or, or whatever we would do for planet of the apes but uh and just go I'm monkey all summer yeah go I'm, ape shit Hey, go the ape summer shit all summer. Shit. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just I'm not quite prepared Dino yet. <laughs> now John Geilerman I don't really know him from from anything beyond this. And another one of my favorite movies is uh, uh, The Towering Inferno, which is, dude, um, that's a movie we've got to do at some point. I know you've never seen it. I've never seen it. I would love to do it from that angle of me as a huge, huge fan and you as the the first, you know, first timer, fresh set of eyes. We've got to do that movie. Introducing Jessica Lang, and yeah. for many years the world would have wished that maybe they hadn't introduced Jessica <laughs> Lang. She's come a long way, baby. She proved she could act eventually. Yep. John Barry, that's the first like, like really like, um, gravitas name. Now I, this, so it, except for Dino De Laurentiis, of course. I have come to really appreciate John Barry in a way that sadly I I really didn't when he was alive, but I love the score to this movie, especially this track that's playing right now. You know, in the in the intro, it's uh, it's vaguely vaguely like the Phantasm soundtrack. It's got the dee 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 yeah. dee, <laughs> the little uh, tubular bells sounding music in it. Maybe it's just because there's a giant ship on the screen at the moment, but this part, this theme, and, and a lot of this soundtrack, too, 
has always reminded me a lot of Raise the Titanic, which was still four years in his future at this point. He scored that movie as well. I always, I, I wonder, I still to this day wonder why they changed the whole thing from a movie to, uh, you know, oil exploration. Maybe I think because they were, the energy crisis at yeah, the time? Yeah, because they referenced the energy crisis several sure. times. And I think they were just trying to be contemporaneous. This was like odder even gas time when you had like an odder even number on your um, license plate. Tell me that dude right days. there doesn't look like the guy, the mad bomber from Roller Coaster. Like a younger oh, yeah. that guy, doesn't he? What's his name? Timothy Bottoms, is that his name? Timothy Bottoms, you're right. I don't think it's He's him. He's a little weaselier than Timothy yeah. Bottoms. <laughs> He's a little pointier. I love this scene. Yes. The captain's just screwing with Groden because Groden was like, Yeah, we're going to go out in the storm anyway. So the captain's like, Screw you. I got my table with edges. <laughs> Now, it has to be said, I can't stand uh, Groden, Charles Groden. However, he's perfect in this because you're not supposed to like him. You know, no. he's supposed to be a slimy scumbag. He's perfect for this because I don't care what movie he's in, whether it's this or whether it's like Beethoven. I can't stand Beethoven. this guy. You know? No. I just can't stand him. You just you 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 got ahead of me, but I was just gonna say, you know, I really like Charles Grodin. I think he's a great actor, <laughs> but I don't think this is one of his uh, standout performances. It's not a bad performance. It reminds me a lot of maybe he was trying to do a Hackman. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And and chew up the scenery a little bit, but. He doesn't have the chops of Hackman. I mean, Hackman's no. older and grittier. And so he's, you know, right now in, in the last the last scene and, and early on, he's, uh, he's not too bad. He's just, he's, you know, he's a good slimy character. But as you'll see, as it goes on, he just gets more and more over the top till he's sitting in a chair, you know, in the in the sun on the beach barking out orders see i swear to god i thought that guy was craig t nelson in an early role that's uh ed lauder um who's the other star trek uh connection in this because he was uh he was in several star trek episodes but the one i always remember best we haven't hit it yet on uh on star trek monthly monday but we're coming up on it uh, fairly soon i think is the one where uh, Wesley gets in trouble while he's at Starfleet Academy and one of his uh, classmates gets killed and uh, Ed Lauder plays the father of the of the kid who got killed in that. But he was... Uh, we just covered something he was in not long ago when we did the Rocketeer commentary. He was the guy that the Rocketeer punches out twice, the FBI guy. Uh-huh. Uh, right at the beginning when the when the fuel truck blows up and he goes, why don't you get a real job? And then the Rocketeer punches him in the mouth. That's the guy. It's the same guy. Let's look at another picture. Here's some more clouds, see? See, I like this part. There, see, yeah, Charles Grodin, he, he, he kind of waxes and wanes in this. There's parts where he's really good like this. And uh, I really like the part where he gets pissed with Jack. And he says something, you know, he's, he's confronting him. He just says, you know, you, you, you just say the word and I'll tear up your contract. That little tense, you know, moment between the two of them, I think he's, he's really on. 
in the act. He's not over the top or anything. He's just being sincere. But there's other parts, like you say, yeah, he's he's way over the top. That was forced. Raz, 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 raz. Watermelon cantaloupe. Watermelon cantaloupe. <laughs> Jeff Brooks, or Jeff Brooks, Jeff Bridges is always able to play the kind of hippie that you actually like, that you would actually like hippies to be like. <laughs> I think one of the reasons I've always liked him so much from this era in particular, like this and, uh, and as Kevin Flynn in the original Tron, is... His whole persona, especially with the with the you know with in this, especially with the long hair and the beard, you know the the Jesus freak look and all that, he reminds me a lot of my uncle David, who was very much the same way during this this period. Well, he always plays the very intelligent, hippie. yeah, likable hippie. But he's also, I mean, as Flynn and and in the, this character, he's also very intelligent. He's like an author and you know. Right. A researcher in this, and Flynn was a, vi- a video game genius or programming genius. Shoot, you know what we forgot? See, to here's, here he is going over the right. <laughs> we forgot to come up with a uh, two true freaks drinking game before we got started on this. Oh, jeez. And I actually am drinking tonight. So. <laughs> are you? What are you drinking? I am drinking Mike's Hard Black Cherry Lemonade. And damn it. <laughs> black Cherry Lemonade. I'm drinking just, uh, I'm, I'm drinking uh, Tom Palmer. Oh, sweet. I like this part, but it goes a little bit. It goes a little long, and maybe it's supposed to end awkwardly, but it ends awkwardly. He keeps shifting his eyes to see what what Groden's doing. This is this is very just. This reminds me a lot of Superman the movie, just in the feel of the way it was shot. Right. It's in the same time period. It's that seventies. This one's even more 70s than Superman, you know. This one's, I guess, more steeped in quote-unquote reality. Or, you know, it's 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 darker and more adult. God damn, right. that guy looks just like Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> he could totally... <laughs> I killed a man for it. <laughs> Yes, I am a stowaway. <laughs> I wonder how old uh, Rene Abergenois is anyway, because, Jesus, he looks old in this, doesn't he? Some people, it's hard to say, though, with actors, because some actors can play, you know, some actors were playing 30 since they were, like, 20 years old, you know? Right, yeah. And they and they will until they're 60, and then they'll play 80. <laughs> Cookie's still a racial stereotype. Was that Cookie? I don't. I have no idea. He just handed him a sandwich. So I'm making him cookie. <laughs> <laughs> this time he's Mexican, though. Yeah. 
That's progress. He looks like Mario, actually. It actually looks like <laughs> my old boss, Jesus. <laughs> Krohn's even got the, like, the, the um, Fred from Scooby-Doo ascot tied around oh, his neck. It would neck. be perfect if he was Mario, though, because who did Mario fight? Oh, oh good lord, you're right. You're that right. This perfect. is this is Mario's first first experience, you know. With you know, that is when I first knew my enemy was Kong. And that picture on the wall in the captain's mess didn't it look like an oil refinery with dum, a UFO dum, hanging dum, over it? Use your toque. <laughs> what? Let him go. <laughs> Perfect timing on his part. I never realized until I got this on DVD that you can see straight through that outfit that she's got on. Hey, that's just keeping in form with, uh, with King Kong, you know. Up until this point, we're, we're looking at your standard 70s blockbuster, and now they're bringing in the hot chick. Mm -hmm. Very very in form of the 70s. See? You see right through that. Yeah, and it's... And I'm really looking... Every, I like Everybody's like, who's got... I guess Captain gets to pick her up. God damn it. I'm the That's big the guy, That's the first though. officer. Oh, you're right. Being nitpicky. <laughs> but, um... But at some point, this goes from standard. <laughs> even does a little Popeye talking out of the corner of his mouth. But um, there's a point where this goes into like B, like not B movie, but big budget B movie, where it starts being filmed more like a B movie than. You know, I would kill myself in a week being on this boat because every doorway has those raised lips at the bottom of them. I would be tripping and knocking myself <laughs> out constantly. Yeah, yeah, undo that. Hurry up! Ah, side boob. There's a lot of side boob, and maybe that's one of the reasons I like this so much as a uh, as a pubescent young man. I, I have to say, there had to. Be there had to be a reason to have Jessica Lang in this, and it wasn't her acting skills at this point. But here we're, we're going to start building my, um, my thesis of King Kong having um, threads of the disco era running through it. And not just in being the sort of 70s look to the movie, but starting with Dwan, who's as we'll find out, was sort of... You can't tell if she she was maybe on her way to real acting or maybe porn acting or something, you know, or... Right. She was starting to hang out with producers and stuff, and you could tell probably wild partiers. And it, and where did it lead her? You know, half dead in the life, life raft. But it, it almost... It reminds me of the sort of Studio 54 world where you have Dwan who's obviously like not the not the brightest um light on the chandelier and right. you know just fresh to fresh to Hollywood or the big world and just generally gets you know caught up in in stuff over her head you know 
Right. You're now this expedition's official photographer. As we'll see over and over and over again. And here's where where they first the young and once again, as in the last Kong, no real chemistry. <laughs> oh, I disagree. I disagree big time. I think there's maybe not so much from her to him, but him to her definitely. He's he falls for her instantly. I think. You see, that's that's uh, all through this movie. I kept thinking to him, "Run for your life, man! Run for your life!" <laughs> you know, I I don't see I don't see what his. I I mean, I see that she's really really hot. But she doesn't really ever have anything interesting to say, and she's always kind of uh, shallow, you know. She's always kind of right, just yeah. sort of, you know. It, it, further on, we'll find out that she's, uh, you know. I think of, it's the whole vulnerable thing. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's the cute ditzy blonde, you know, who's very who's very vulnerable and and you know and needs, you know. She's she's you know she becomes the damsel in distress. I, I guess arguably she is here too. You know she's just been rescued from a shipwreck and and all that oh, sort yeah. of thing. Well, she's not proactive at all. I mean she's she's she is totally just you know getting shunted from one misadventure to another and being the damsel in distress. But at the same time, it was the seventies during the you know the rise of feminism, and she's in sort of the like sexy feminist nightlife gear of the time the empowered woman thing and she even taught you know she calls she calls king kong a sh male chauvinist ape but at the right. same time there's nothing feminist about her character she's she's a comp you know complete you know she's looking for for the man to marry and to you know whatever vehicle to success that she can sort of um I think she was trying to channel Marilyn Monroe a little bit, you know, just to sort of, and she spends a lot of this movie kind of intoxicated right here. She's out of it from being, you know, in a right. lifeboat. She's probably just, um, you know, um, dehydrated, but, uh, later on she gets drugged up at, gets a, gets her drink on, on Kong Island on Skull Island. Yeah, she she spends a lot of this movie kind of out of her head, <laughs> and uh, and that's another thing the the switching the two letters to make her name more interesting and stuff because and I'm thinking. Run, run for your life. They just left her in that sopping wet dress <laughs> while she was laying there uh, sleeping it off. They've got all the Star Trek beauty filters on her. <laughs> got her close up. It's time for my close up, Mr. De Laurentiis. See, she is cute. I never thought of her as like a raving beauty or anything, but she she is cute. 
But yeah, it's like you say. Ultimately, I, and she is one of those crazy chicks where you just want to, you know, be like, "Yeah, run." <laughs> you don't want to hang around for that because, yeah, she's she's got crazy written all over. Oh yeah. She's way too ditzy. Here comes my. Yes, he's struck, man. He's, Come on. He's like a no, but I've met somebody whose life has been changed by Deep Throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, well, I can understand all the guys on the boat because she's a hot, half-naked girl on the boat. But, like, and I could, could see him going, ooh, I'd like to get lucky. You know, Mario's like, hey, princess. But, um, just, uh, you know, fa I, 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 what did, I'm the what king did of the world! <laughs> oh, no, what did he, wrong, what wrong did me. he fall in love with? Her, her sparkling personality, her wit, her charm? Um, it, it rhymes with it. <laughs> it's. Oh, he's reading to her. See, Dick, run. <laughs> and she's just like, <laughs> That's the best book I've ever read. You, you didn't read it, dear. I read it to you. <laughs> this is like in the comic, and then they fall in love. Gratuitous cheesecake, thank you. Mm. Always in the 70s, they always were the masters of, like, this is a total James Bond shot of, nu of oh, yeah. nudity, no nudity, you know? <laughs> Charles goes like, yep, 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 yep. I love it. There's so many checking out the butt shots. So, I know it. It's great. Yeah, seriously, this is like a Playboy shoot. <laughs> this is like a Playboy photo layout. As a matter of fact, I'll bet you pictures of her in that outfit showed up in Playboy at some point. Probably. Probably. There it is. The amazing cloud bank. Why isn't he in the brig? <laughs> now he's uh, the, uh, what you call it, the official photographer. Has he said that? Has he made him the official photographer yet? Is that what it is? I guess he must have because he was snapping snapping away, snapping pictures. But he earned his keep now because he you know, he has the, the camera and rescued the girl. So, well, Plus they got the thing where... Uh, they use their whatever the hell it was. It wasn't wouldn't be a fax back then, would it? Where they contacted Land and got the clearing on on Jack. They had him checked out. Who knows what they had? They had something that nobody else had back in those days. They had computers that they could run everybody's records on and stuff like right, that. Right? Yeah. You know what? What kind of internet are they using on that thing? You know? <laughs> you know that's what I was thinking. I'm like, what? Where? What? <laughs> How is that working in 1976? Yeah, you know what? I didn't even think. Yeah, I think even you're right. I just think they did have that technology back no, then. No, not even close. You know, I mean, they might have had like early va the VAC system or whatever they called it at that that point, but it wasn't a it wasn't a collection of information. That's for sure. It was just like sort right. of linking up one node to another. <laughs> oh, it's awful. <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. 
See, I don't understand why she's so eager to go on shore. They've been cooped up on that ship for 20 minutes. That's true. <laughs> Maybe one copy. I like that. <laughs> She's working him. Look at it. She works everybody in this. That's why. That's why he. That's why he's just run, run, man. If it would have been like Dino De Laurentiis said, the the first scene he would have held her up in his hands and she would have been like Kong, and he just would have gone womp and ate her. <laughs> I think people would have. I think people would have stood up and cheered <laughs> at that point. <laughs> End of movie. <laughs> yeah, they could still bring Kong back. You know, maybe it's him. Yeah. Fred Wilson. See, she's. This is one thing with this is I, I can't decide if I if I like all the 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 winky naughty little foreshadowing or if they do it a little bit too much because they do it two or three times where, you know. Where they say something about, you know, bringing in the big one. Or, you know, she just right. had the line about, you know, I'm going to meet the biggest person in my life. And it's like, okay, once or twice is fine, but you do it too much and then it becomes a kind of like, yes, yes, okay, we get it. You know, haha. Well, it wasn't, they do that so much these days that it's get, I don't think it was as tired then. Right, you yeah. Know, so. And you know, I mean, they they throw a good amount of camp into this movie. You know, they they oh, yeah. they're they're not a shit. It was the seventies too, where campiness was pretty much, you know, strewn throughout everything. So every time I see this part, I'm reminded of that old uh, McDonald's commercial where Ronald McDonald's, you know, he's on a boat with the rest of the the cast from the old McDonald's commercials, like Grimace and them. And somebody goes land, and then they run, they run into the shore. He goes oh, because <laughs> I'm always expecting them to just run right into the beach in this part because they can't see where they're going. Okay, that was a mighty obscure reference, but yeah. What do you want for nothing? Well, this always reminds me of that like fantastic uh, journey, fantastic voyage. Or incredible voyage TV show. Incredible, yeah. It was, it was in the. It was in the. Bermuda Triangle, and and that uh, whenever I see a boat, little boat like that with fog around it, I think of that when they're. I wonder how they did that with the fog effects. Maybe they. I know you know you 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 just sort of assume that everything was computer generated, but it, not in those days. Everything. Not that, yeah, not back then. It had to be practical, one way or the other. It sure, it sure didn't look like a miniature superimposed. Maybe they just lucked out and uh, found a well, place. Well, for the part where they're fog. actually approaching the island, I mean, that might be like a morning fog kind of thing. But for the cloud bank parts. Yeah, I kind of wonder if they might have just been, you know, somewhere where they could control it. You know what I mean? Like, like part of that, you know, might have been in some big studio tank somewhere or something. You know, I don't know. It's hard to say. I wonder, is there a book out for like making of this or something? You know, like they used to do oh, those making of books. There's gotta be. 
There's gotta be. As a matter of fact, I can almost kind of picture the paperback of it. But, um... Now, nice little crotch shot there. This, 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 this sequence here is nice because this reminds me of um, the Peter Jackson and the original Kong where, you know, where they first land on the beach with the just, you know, the huge, huge sort of area with a little, little gateway into the deadly world, you know. But this part here is safe and, right. and kind of nice. But behind him is are these huge towering walls. It's just beautiful. It must have looked nice on a big screen. He looks like Belloc. Yes. Yeah. Odo and Nan talking to each other. It's just a trip. <laughs> it cracks me up. But that's a really, really nice shot. They must have had to, like, if they screwed it up, they must have had to wait for the waves to come and take all the footprints. Oh, off. yeah. Man, you are stupid. That's <laughs> when you see a big dinosaur head just come out. Blomp. It's just like, hey, dummy. <laughs> In the long run, I really only have two major beefs with this movie. Dinosaurs is one of them. Mm. I, I can understand... You mean lack of dinosaurs. Yeah. I, I mean, I can understand why it's they really didn't nice go shot. that route. But still, you know, I, I think that the movie does kind of suffer for not, you know, not feeling more like, uh, you know, the primeval lost world. You know what I mean? Because other than the, the snake, there's nothing really to give a sense that there was more shit on the other side of that wall than just Kong. Well, if the snake is any um, indication of what anything else would have been like, maybe they, they were better off, you know what I mean? Right. I think the snake, other than the initial shot of when it first comes slithering up, I think the snake's not half bad. You know, it's not as bad as, as I remember it to be, actually, because when I watched this again the other day, I was like, oh, here comes the part with the snake. It's going to look really cheesy. And the the initial shot does look really cheesy because it just it's supposed to look like a slithering snake and it looks very stiff and mechanical. But after that initial shot, you know, when it's you know, got Kong and its coils and all that, and then especially when he rips it apart and it's all meaty inside and everything, that looks pretty good. Yeah, that looks But like you neat. say, I don't... Yeah, I don't know how they would have gotten away with... With an actual dinosaur. Yeah, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, because you basically, you only had, back in these days, you only had two options, is you, you had, you know, stop motion or, or rod puppet type of thing. Or a guy in a or suit. You had, yeah, a guy in a suit, and... Yeah, I I don't I just don't think it would have I don't think it would have worked. Well, a guy in a suit works as a monkey because monkeys and guys are pretty fairly <laughs> nice matte painting. That is a really nice matte painting. I'm trying to remember who it was on this. I want to say it was one of the Ellen Shaws. Tell me, there's people on this island? Yes, I am. 
<laughs> I like that line. Scared people. He does definitely get the best lines in this movie, that's for sure. And he delivers them in that in that classic, you know, smart-ass uh, yes. Jeff Bridges style. He's, he's really good in this one. See, here's, I, here's where Groden starts going over the top. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, as soon as they hit the island, yeah, he's really... He's, he's yeah. Hi, Hawaii. Hi, Hawaii. <laughs> See, I think if you take bridges out of this, if you plug anybody else in, I, I, I kind of, I don't think I would be near as enamored of this. I don't think I would even remember this movie today because it's really him for me in this. You know, it's gotten it's like Steve all McQueen about... or something. I guess Steve McQueen would have been a little too old at this point. Eh, what? Yeah, he would have been a little old, but yeah. Because, you know, McQueen and uh, and Guilerman would have worked together on uh, on Towering Inferno, so mm. it's conceivable. See, I don't know as many of the behind-the-scenes details on this as I wish I did. I would love to know, you know, like, you know, like, there's all those legends out there about, you know, all the people that were considered for, like, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, and so I have no idea who else might have been considered for the role of Jack in this other than... Uh, than Jeff Bridges. I'd love to know that though. You know what what you know famous people, you know, what other ones might have been up for the role, you know. I think of those guys as the children of the corn. They look very <laughs> like American Indian actually. Those 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 guys in the the Kong. I guess those are supposed to be Kong. Yeah, I don't know. What does that mean they have the one guy who who is wearing who like is the wearing it? Yeah. yeah, so I don't know what they're supposed to be. That would be cool if there were some giant things that look like that. <laughs> it's a bubbling pit of oil. <laughs> Black gold Texas tea. I hate that line. I hate that line. First thing you know, Charles Grodin's a millionaire. <laughs> Jeff Bridges says, let's get the fuck away from there. <laughs> New York City is the place they ought to be, so they loaded up the ape. Man, she's she is just on him on the wedding thing, like right from the start. They're finding a lost civilization, and she's like, "Maybe I can get married someday." Oh, don't do that, dude! Don't do that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> you ever seen the porno movie Behind the Green Door? <laughs> it's very much like that. Behind the ape door. <laughs> This is more like, yeah, behind the big hinge door. If this was behind the green door, it would not be good for Jessica Lange. Well, it's it's another like, one of his great lines. It's ghastly luck for the whole congregation. I love that line. Hey. Hey, hey, knock it what off, knock hell? it off. Shut up. <laughs> we have company. Awkward. It's that whole walking into the saloon moment. I love the guys in the costumes are just like slumping up there too. 
<laughs> Busted. That was a great line. Ah, Christ. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll just improvise their language. Hi. Um, our bad. That Sorry. Was, that was another detail of the last movie. Was just like, really? You're gonna speak their language? I guess all savages speak the same language. <laughs> right, yeah. You know. I got this. I speak savage. Yeah, exactly. Guna Nuwamba, Kono Bumumu. I've seen all the old Weissmiller films. I'm all over this. Well, at least at least the natives are have taken a step up in acting in, in this movie. <laughs> Can I get out of this goddamn suit? I'm sweating my ass off. This could be like the native version of like the Disneyland parade, you know? They look like those guys from Sigmund and the Sea Monster. <laughs> yes, they look like Sigmund from Sigmund and the Sea Monster. <laughs> That's exactly what, yeah. That's why they look so familiar. I used to love that show. Take the trade, man. Take the trade. <laughs> Here's your chance. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It might be tough at first. She might yell and scream, but take the trade. They're not that bad looking for native girls. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, you fool. All right, we'll just take him then. That that would be just an awesome movie if they're like ten for ten for her. All right. <laughs> you got I know there should have been at least one of the guys in the background going, "Hey, wait a minute, that means a girl for all of us, dude." Exactly. That's ten ten women for her. You know. We could each have one. Exactly. Exactly. Instead of all just like fawning around, Jessica laying with with you know trying to give her T-shirts. Oh, she smokes. She's a dirty, dirty whore. She's a Marlboro smoker, too. She smokes the cowboy killers like me. <laughs> See, now I, now I picture her with an eye patch and actually smoking and with an eye patch from Kill Bill. I can totally see that in her <laughs> in this scene. Who the hell is... Shouldn't somebody be on this bridge? I don't know, but isn't this an oil ship? Shouldn't you be not be smoking around <laughs> all those pipes and stuff? That's a, good, yeah, that's a good point. What does this button do? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice shot there. It's just so weird seeing people smoking inside. <laughs> oh, this scene totally needs Quint in it, dude. <laughs> I'll get your ape for you. But it ain't gonna be easy. <laughs> this ape, swallow your hole. <laughs> because, man! <laughs> this is totally you can Somewhere in one of these memories is an ape. <laughs> 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 
Oh, he should totally, at the very end of the movie, after they defeat Kong, he takes his head off and it's giant Sark from the end of Tron. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome, dude. I want that. I'm sure there's somebody who could whip that up on their computer these days. See, doesn't it look like there's a UFO in that refinery picture on the wall right there? Yeah, I want to believe. <laughs> Is she really dangling her feet in the water? Yeah. She hasn't seen Jaws yet. <laughs> that should be the in-flight movie. Actually, she didn't see what happened to Bo Derek and... Oh, I guess she's not. She's just positioned herself in a pin-up position. Hey, Jack, don't go do your job. Let's screw now. I've chosen right. <laughs> I, <laughs> let's not screw. Let's not screw. Oh, is it the most inopportune time? Let's screw. <laughs> Run for your life, Jack. Run. Hey, he found her in the ocean. He can dump her back in the ocean, dude. Just, you know, f go ahead, have sex with her. You're Jeff Bridges. Do what you gotta do, but remember... Don't get suckered into that married thing. You're, it's doom. Doom! She's gonna end up with Smoker's face and one eye. She's on a show currently. She's on, um... Oh, what's that show about the haunted house? Oh, like American... American Horror or yeah. something? American Horror Story? Something like that? American She's actually Ghost pretty good on her. She's damn like creepy. She was great in Kill Bill. She was, she like... I've never seen that. You've never seen it? No. Oh, it's, it's fun. Both, both movies are, are just pure movie, movie fun. The second one is one of the most violent things ever. Or is it the first one? I can't remember which one. I think it's the, actually the first one. They're both great. <laughs> Crazy black man been here. <laughs> yep, they 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 rather effectively took out most of the racial <laughs> aspects of the last movie this one. Except for this wimpy French guy. See that you see? Charles Grodin's character is really an Indiana Jones type of character, and they'll do a prequel someday where you see the UFO adventure from the, from the last one where, you know, the UFO attacked their, their refinery. Oh, no booty for you! No... You're never, 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 never gonna get it. One plus one equals no sex tonight. All right. She's all. Yeah, I know. Here's now. here's. I. I mean, I think it's pretty apparent after a moment that she is, but still, I always felt that this scene might need a little something as far as making it 
really apparent, you know, like like actually showing them like I don't know, like holding a a bag of I don't know burning weed up to well, her face just, or something. You, you just know what figure I mean? it out because you're like, why else would she just be like passively sitting and her head's right. lolling around and right? She's lolling all over. Yeah, I know, but still, this is you know? this is this is the part that reminds me. This is like Studio Fifty Four or something, you know. You're all wasted, and she's going to Studio 54, and everybody's dancing, and she's kind of digging it, you know? She's kind of like, wow, all right. This music really reminds me of Star Trek. It's like the... (laughs) (laughs) Which, of course, you know, just doubles my enjoyment of the scene. Now, here is where we're going officially into... Well, here's where we go into Porno Land again. But we're going into oh, yeah. the big budget, low budget movie, where it starts getting more filmed. The, as soon as the, the ape suit shows up, it starts getting filmed more, almost like a Japanese giant monster movie, but with a huge, huge, mungus bu- budget. I love that they get uh, they run and get oil from their yeah their oil well. Oh, well. Texas tea. So, yeah, so she's enjoying it. That looks dangerous, too. That one guy, he looks like he almost well, falls. Well, you know, there's, they don't have much of a nanny state in, uh, on Skull Island. There's, <laughs> no, there's no OSHA telling them, you know, <laughs> that they need to keep their ladders, you know. I think I saw Beavis and Butthead uh, do that dance <laughs> once. <laughs> We're going to totally do it. <laughs> I I just can't get over those. <laughs> Sigmund and the sea yeah. monsters. <laughs> the corn critters. <laughs> and, and this is very like sexual phallic in reverse with the lock and, and oh yes, everything's going good. But then... When things go bad, she sobers up real quick. You oh know? yeah. <laughs> She's like everybody likes me. She looks like This is Here's a here's an obscure uh, comics reference best left forgotten is with that headdress she looks like Thor girl. Thor girl. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. You are a nerd. I know. But she does though with the big wings on the side and everything. The thing about 70s movies is they were like emotionally lurid Dude, and overblown sleep. and that's what I that's what I right. that fits for a King Kong movie. And you know, that's why I think all three Kong movies the original of course is valid because it's the original, but this one and the Peter Jackson are both valid because they're t- you know that one made such an iconic story that this is this is a it has all, all pretty much the same emotional beats as the other one but in in the 70s style even the colors the orange orange was always a big color in the 70s movies and early yeah. Spielberg movies and there's a lot yeah. of orange and bright red and of the three different versions of of this scene, though, of you know the the sacrificing, 
you know the the blonde haired woman to Kong. Th- this is the one I like the best because the one in the original one is, you know, it for one thing it's it's got some really it's, racist yeah, stuff in there. Sketchy. But then the one in the 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 um, Jackson one just makes me it's, uncomfortable. It's it's too far into like. I don't know. Like, what was that zombie picture, the M- Macumba Love or whatever? Oh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I, I thought he just went, he just, it was too overblown. It's already an overblown right. scene. Yeah. But he had them put her on a giant cross thing, you know, like it looked like a slingshot thing and swung it out. You know, it was this whole complicated procedure. It's like, nah, just go chain her up to the. All three movies, though, fudge the whole thing of why your arms don't get pulled out of the sockets, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, just torn to shreds when Kong ex- extracts her. Right. But, yeah, we're about to go into... I love the music in it's this very, part. John Barry, so it's got that James Bond feel to it. Although I'd still really like to have a uh, an expanded, you know, a full, full score release of this. Most most of the, you know, the the major beats are on the the commercially available soundtrack, which is refreshing for a change. This part's really good on the soundtrack cuz the uh the tribal stuff in the background, you know, fades in and out on the album just like it does in the movies. So that's kind of neat. I love the sound. I love the sound of the trees creaking and crunching. Yeah, it's great. And just his eyes coming to get some. Now I wonder if all these brides of Kong, if you know he likes her because she's different looking, or if he just takes all his brides of Kong and they're his little friends, but they, you know, she's the one that lived the longest. Most of them didn't make it very long before a snake got them, or, or you know, something hor- something horrible befell them. Yeah, it does make you wonder what's happened to all the other ones that he he's made off with. If, you know, if he's like a cat, or he just plays with them till they die, type of thing. You know? I will name them George, and I will hug them and squeeze them. She's got a good scream. Scream. She doesn't have that that Fay Ray thing, you know, where she screams at every little thing. The hell are you? I love mm-hmm. the look on his face. See, her arm slipped out of that one beforehand, but the other one it doesn't really show. Hello, my pretty. <laughs> I must be really wasted because that looks <laughs> like a giant ape. <laughs> yeah. Now look up at the camera. Look up. You're seeing a monster. Look up. Now you see him. See, it's just like in the, in the original. It's great. That's the direction that mm-hmm. uh, what's-his-name gave to her. It's awesome. See, I like her scream because she's got a, a realistic, you know, she's got a good scream, but it's not all Fay Ray, you know? It doesn't just, just keep going and going right. and going. 
screaming at every little thing. <laughs> I'll have to look. He's giving her away. Hey, what the hell are you? This isn't the usual Bride of Kong. See, that thing was just like a garland or something. You know, it wasn't really like a rope tied around her. No. <laughs> Little bit of blue screen. I gotta say, the, the prosthetics in the ape suit were very good for their day. Oh, yeah. Now, the compositing was... <laughs> it was good for its day, but just doesn't hold up. You know, not on video, no. or I mean on DVD. Yeah, I I, I think uh, actually probably the best translation for this ever was would be videotape because mm. this looked really good on video just because of the shitty grainy mm -hmm. nature of videotape. You know, it actually lent into it well. I remember this stuff with the village being too red though. You know what I mean? How videotape always yes, it gets a sort of bleedy look to it. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, yes, we are safe for another year. Just what the hell is that? Someday, I would love to see a whole group of natives that aren't impressed by fireworks and guns that are just like, they're shooting them in the air. <laughs> Why right. are we running away? They're pointing their he fire sticks at the time. air. There's stairs? Why the hell is he climbing the rope like Tarzan with their stairs I right know. there? I know. He's just a show off. <laughs> He's like every manager I've ever had. He's really good at barking orders, but he doesn't do shit to help. <laughs> Mario, you've gone after a princess before. What do we do? <laughs> what? Hey, you better watch Lights out. He's will hold him back. You know, it'd be funny if barrels started flying out from. <laughs> <laughs> Coming right down the steps at him. Yeah, exactly. No, you think? Yes, actually, exactly a guy yeah. in an ape suit. His name was Rick, Rick Baker. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna fall. Oh, I love that part. This scene is in every giant monster movie. It's a goddamn footprint. That's great. They really knocked over some trees to do that. That's pretty awesome. That's, how you That's just what an uprooted tree looks like with the earth still stuck to the bottom. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I guess that's all you got to do is follow the, the... Well, if it was the old Skull Islands, it's like follow the broken trees and dead dinosaurs. Right.
Yeah, come on, coach. See, from this point on, I think Charles Grodin's acting just goes completely <laughs> into the area of self-parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that works, yeah. Do that. I love uh, Ed Lauder's sideburns. He's, he's just rocking the... Uh, it's almost mutton chops. I'm more. I'm more interested in watching the guys unloading the boat in the background and look at doing the look busy stuff. Well, let me see. I'm a ship captain. I don't know shit about giant apes, so I'm gonna say about uh, times that by eight. In nautical terms, pretty fucking big, sir. <laughs> 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 uh, he just keeps giving him those sidelong glances. Why do you think? Want, <laughs> That's what she said. What <laughs> for? <laughs> All I know is I was supposed to marry her. Because, man! <laughs> Somewhere inside of that ape is my girlfriend. <laughs> no scene of him scratching his ass, though. <laughs> Huh? Oh yeah, that's right. I was captured by a giant ape. How the hell did she sleep? <laughs> because she was all drugged out. So now she's oh, now okay. she's now reality's actually hitting her. Okay, yeah, I guess that works. What a strange dream! I oh shit, right? <laughs> I really, I really like this scene. I. The fake hand isn't even that bad. It's not. I, I actually think it's pretty good in this. See, like, like this part of the mechanical stuff, I think, works really good. It's, you know, I mentioned earlier I had two, you know, really only two major complaints of the movie, one being the dinosaurs. The other one is the mechanical Kong. But, you know, like the hand and the arm, I think it's fine. It's when you get the full-scale mechanical Kong that that's the part you know thank thankfully it's mercifully brief well but that's the part where i think you know the mechanical hand here looks a little fake but it, it also looked a little fake in the original kong too right it's, oh yeah it's, it's kind of a trope of king kong is having you know it's like oh we're doing a king kong movie we better start building up you know our articulated giant hand now I wonder is D, is uh, Dino De Laurentiis is he still alive? I think so. Yeah. I wonder if he's uh, one of these guys that would be prone to uh, to going back and and doing a little George Lucasing of his movies. 
I doubt it. Well, it depends on whether there was money in it for him. <laughs> I would I would guess. Right. So you know that looks that doesn't look too bad. It's a little slow. Yes, it's but really that's part you know, that's really my only beef with, with any of the mechanical Kong stuff in this is that it's just a little slow, but I mean that's just the limits of the technology of the time, you know. <laughs> that was a bad sound right there. But uh you know, like you know, the fake trees and now now we're officially in the like B like A B movie zone. Where it's it's start you know it's looking less like a James Bond movie and more like a Godzilla movie right, in a lot yeah. of ways, but not in not in bad ways. You know, I like the look of I like the look of the weird composite shots and the right. You know, it's it's part of the way that they make these movies. You know, especially in those in these days. So. So that's fine. Yeah, it was, it was an, yeah, it was an accepted. Yeah, it's all you know. Yeah. You just have to how they looked. You just have to do a little work with your imagination on it. But eh? poop, poop, didn't I see now she's trying to do her poopy feet. Poopy too. Cuckoo poo poo. This is the part where Dino De Laurentiis was eh? like, "What?" And then Womp Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could you imagine the reaction in the audience? It would have been like the scene with Loki and the Hulk in Avengers. <laughs> Get your filthy paws off me. <laughs> He's gone. I know Charlton Heston, and you're no Charlton Heston. Womp eater. Do it. Kong. Come on. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Get mad and just dash her to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, stump her out like they did in the original Kong. Come on, do it, man. <laughs> Poor Jeff Bridges is about to make a big mistake if you don't really uh, make things right right now, Kong. Sweet monkey. Give her. Just. I wonder how far you could chuck her right now. <laughs> he just stands up and goes crazy bitch and just flings her to the horizon I'll bet it's a long way hey I'll bet that snake that gives you shit all the time I'll bet you if you tossed her to the snake that would uh, keep him busy for a little while what do you think oh come on <laughs> it's like a sofa <laughs> Rich Corinthian letter. <laughs> One, two, three. Now run like hell. Yeah, that'll work. Let's see, how many of her steps do you think it is to one <laughs> King Kong step? Aw, oh, you're all muddy. And now he's pissed. That's not mud. So. <laughs> That's King Kongaria. <laughs> That's the result of having to eat 50 tons of berries and nuts every day, lady. Coconuts. You're my you're my roughage. Got it? Help 
That was a bad dub. They used the same exact scream twice, and she wasn't screaming when they started that part. That was bad. It's the echo of the scream. This is a bad pan right here, too, I thought. But this is one of my favorite pieces of the soundtrack. I love it with the with the echoey drums and everything. It's great. It's very Bond-like. Well, I mean, Barry did. Although, you know, yeah, all those Bond. The vast majority of the Bonds. Yeah, it is very Bond-like. This would be the scene where Bond's breaking into the secret lab somewhere. You know, he's just... <laughs> washing up on shore of the radar reports ahead of on the screen for about 30 seconds man they got a nice setup for there's cookie he's also a masseuse yes <laughs> yeah that's why Dwan didn't hook up with him he's already got Tito the massaging boy to <laughs> Short round's pissed, man. Yeah, he's like, first I gotta massage his greasy ass, and then. See, there's a reference to the energy crisis. <laughs> this, this is ridiculous acting. I cannot not think of that guy as Craig T. Nelson. We got Craig T. Nelson. We got Jaws. Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers and Mario all on board as the red shirts in, the, in this King Kong. Those are some all-star red shirts. Now this scene is admittedly pretty damn cheesy, but I love the score during this part. This is beautiful music by uh, by John Barry. Oh yeah, you're gonna get wet. <laughs> you will. Get, <laughs> you will get wet on this ride. <laughs> smiling monkey. That's just plain creepy. Into the pool with you. Nice 70s thong. <laughs> See, that looks pretty good. I was reading somewhere that I guess Rick Baker wasn't too happy with this suit, but I don't think it looks bad, do you? No. I think the articulation of the face is especially good, and it's I mean, got a... It's, yeah, when he can you know, pucker up and blow like that, it, I mean, that's well, a mask. Well, that looks pretty damn good. It's, it's just that I think the concept is pretty cheesy. Well, all I'm saying here is, is okay, reality check... She's all like, oh, what a moment we're having here. She should be just like puking. She should be just like, <laughs> that monkey's got, that monkey, there's no way that monkey's ever brushed his teeth. You know what I'm saying? That's got to be some of the stinkiest air ever, but she's just like, oh, yes. Yes, yes. What a beautiful nature moment. 
And King Kong's going, I think we're really I, I connecting here. How much he looks like Gary Coleman when he does that. <laughs> that would just be wrong, so I the won't say it. The late Gary Coleman. You bastard. <laughs> well, he does. He looks like Gary Coleman when Gary Coleman was playing Lumpy in the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> Yeah, see, there you see, yeah, he's pretty over the top in this part. But I like, I like Renee Evers. You know, taking the piss out of him right here is hilarious because he he he's got the little secret. It's great. Yeah, he's just let, he just he he just can't wait to deflate him. <laughs> he's mule piss. He was just waiting to say mule piss. Your career's over. <laughs> Did I ever tell like you you're an asshole? I like that line. I hate to kick a, kick a fellow when he's dead. Instead of kick a fellow when he's down, kick him when he's dead. It's great. <laughs> See, I constantly hear this movie ripped on for like... You know the acting and the dialogue and stuff, but I think it's got some actually pretty witty lines in it. Has some good one-liners. Okay, here's a. This is a total Star Trek set right here. <laughs> you almost expect to hear that that little like wee 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 background of the alien planet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but well, I they just they, they around that corner they just came past the singing plants a minute ago. But I like how I like how all of a sudden it's got a look. It's really got the look of the old Kong, you know. They're they're playing off on this this iconic scene, you know. All of a sudden the mountains behind them are all gray and you know, it's taken on a very black and white look. And it's taken on the composition of of an old movie. I re I really like the how they did this part except for Except for the scene where Kong sh just shows up <laughs> quietly. I like uh, Jeff Bridges' voice being all echoey here with the canyon and all, because it reminds me of when uh, when he and uh, and Tron and Ram are hiding out in the water sequence or the water energy thing in Tron, and everybody's voice is all echoey. Even if they weren't going to have dinosaurs in this one, they, they could have dubbed like dinosaur sounds in in the background or something, you know, like just indistinct growls and weird stuff. Oh, not Mario! Hey! <laughs> oh, too bad you didn't get that one up back there, Mario. Yay! <laughs> but you see, like, it's supposed to be more violent in the 70s. You don't see <laughs> these guys dashed into the rocks like in the right. other one. So long, dummy. So, coach. Oh, hate, I'm not him. Hate to see you go, coach, but it's time. <laughs> He's not going to get Scatman Crothers, though. He's still got to pop up in a Twilight Zone of the movie yet. Yeah. We still got to play Kick the Can. <laughs> that monkey's got the shine. <laughs> Those look like real rocks, dude. They don't look like like styrofoam Star Trek rocks. They look like shale or something. Like that'd hurt if it actually hit you, it looked like. 
Alright, kick him or something, dude. It seems like he could very easily grab him. Uh, his fingers are too big. It does. Right there, it looks like he can reach in and grab him, but then when it shows it from, from Jeff Bridges' perspective, it's like his fingers are too big. Ah. It's like, ah, God damn it all! It's a good thing monkeys have a short attention span. <laughs> He's pissed. God, yep. Ah, well. I'll just chuck this and then I'll feel better. There we go. Hey! Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> that was just... <laughs> Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no, I thought I'd just hang out here for a while. <laughs> I like this place. I'm going to live here. I like the way that looks. I like the way how it's yeah. just really dark. It's it makes the effect cheaper, but it looks really creepy. Matrix. They're flying in dancing girls. <laughs> Is that ship listing? Sure looked like it there for a second, didn't it? It might have been just the angle the plane was coming in at, maybe. I gotta try that sometime, just like when <laughs> I need something, call up Petrox and see if they'll just and airlift stay down it with three me. barrels, not with three barrels he can. <laughs> Don't mind me, I'm just gonna be drinking and smoking my way through the rest of this <laughs> I know. You know, for just a three-hour tour, they sure brought a lot of shit with them. I know they got like caterpillars and stuff. I yeah, hear that. I hear that giant ape's full of oil, pure crude <laughs> oil. Um, he's dead right now. But I'll get back to you. <laughs> oh, he will do nothing to endanger Kong. <laughs> Nope. You know what's funny? Not as much product placement in these old movies. I try to yeah, look at like what sodas yeah. they have and stuff, and you can't tell a lot of times, or they're yeah. not prominent. They're not prominently displayed. They're you know they're just more realistic. That's a. Those are some neat mountains. Yeah. I wonder where this is. I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask you. I thought maybe you might know, but. I, I'm kind of thinking it might be that same old area, you know, where they film like Raiders and Lost and stuff like that in uh, in Hawaii. But I, I don't know. See, I watched the the end credits of this the other day, hoping it would say, you know, thanks to the you know state of Hawaii or whatever. But I, I didn't see anything like that. I know that uh, most of the shots look like they're actual location shots and not yeah. and not map paintings or anything like that. I mean, I know, you know, they, they did use some money-saving thing, you know, because, like, the scene where they rescued Dwan in the raft was actually filmed out, um, 
Or is that around like Catalina Island and all that? Because something I was reading was saying that, you know, there was actually like sharks circling her raft and stuff, and they didn't tell her about it at the time. It's Bigfoot. <laughs> Screw the ape, we found Bi Oh no, it's Scatman Crothers. I love that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, that, like he's wearing an old F Troop outfit right if there. If I were him, I'd come back and I'd be just like, "You, the lawsuits I'm going to have. <laughs> oh, man. Meanwhile, Kong's been holding him and looking at her for the last three hours. <laughs> You're creeping me out, Kong. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He looks like he's he's should be watching those little hologram circus acrobats in the Star Wars Christmas special right there. Come on, Kong, I really gotta use the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes the problem with the ape suit is when they have them small in comparison to other things, it does look like a normal-sized guy walking across the <laughs> set. I just realized those were the World Trade Center. Yeah. It's really weird in this movie when it gets the world when you see the yeah. World Trade Center and. Oh, yeah, go for it, Kong. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> what are they, they going to do? Bring you up on sexual harassment charges? She was pretty brave in this scene, I would think, because, I mean, you got to think that thing's basically a giant hydraulic machine coming up and, like, rubbing up against her head and everything. I mean,. You know, what if the, you know, all, all it would take is one little, you know, fluid imbalance for that machine to s suddenly go all shuddery and wacko and take her head right off, you know what I mean? Or flicker right off the set, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, <gasps> would, be, that would be a shame. And I don't know, I don't think apes are really, like, focused on boobies as much, you know? That he would be like, haha, boobies, you know? <laughs> I think he'd be more interested in, like, sniffing her butt to see what she'd eaten yesterday <laughs> or something like that if you wanted to. <laughs> if you wanted to get real nature. Ooh, hey. I like that that look on his face, though. That's a great, yeah, that's, that's a good, uh, good ape mask right there. See, from the point where he picks it up, it's not bad. It's just that initial shot of the snake slithering into the scene that looks really bad, I think. But the rest of this doesn't look bad at all. I don't think, anyway. I don't no, know. I could it, be wrong. What, I don't think it looks bad. What happened is, well, when when if you go to YouTube and watch the extended scene of the snake, it goes on way too long. <laughs> and it really gives away a side boob. Mm-hmm. She's got a nice rack. I like when he almost makes human noise and when he's like going, rah, rah. 
the eyes are a little bit fake on that. But see, when he right there—that's I mean—that's real meat coming apart and shit. That looks great. <laughs> run, 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 run through the jungle. Oh, she's got something on her feet. I always wondered, wouldn't it almost be a better tactic to, like, find a rock and just hide up yeah, around it no, or something? Yeah. With his scale, he's uh, walking through the jungle. He's just going to be a pair of legs going by him, but... Well... We got to jump off this fake rock. Hang on. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Who's ever ready to jump off and a giant only, cliff to avoid a giant, <laughs> you know, a giant monkey? It's only three feet deep. And then they were both paralyzed from the neck down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're basically jumping into a kiddie pool. Yeah. How can they tell anything from that pissant radar display it's it, the dots in the same place it's been the whole movie I like that he keeps saying monkey time though <laughs> happy shiny monkey time I'm passed out from the gas down here Thanks for asking. If I was that guy, I'd be freaking... Everybody else has run away. That guy's still down in the hole. How you doing down there? Scared shitless, sir. Aren't I supposed to be running <laughs> away right now like everybody else? That one guy that just turned and looked up at the, the top of the fence there, I was looking at him going, he looks really familiar. He kind of looks like that, uh, that Ike Eisenman kid. I don't think it is him, but he, he does look a little bit like him. A lot of people tripping and falling in this. I love it. I love a movie when people trip and fall all Just the time. Just keep running, Jack. Jack, if you drop her now, it'll buy you some time. <laughs> For a smart guy, if he gets he in a tough bright. spot, he just shoot her in the knee and keep going. Exactly. Should have done that a long time ago. Drop her right in one of those gas tanks. <laughs> Seal it right up. perfectly good ladder you asshole <laughs> why does he chuck the ladder back uh, i better chuck this ladder back in i hope the ape doesn't try to climb up it come on what the hell <laughs> hi <laughs> jack I, I can see your house from up here <laughs> Open the gate, we got a giant pissed off gorilla right behind us. <laughs> I'd be like, what'd you say? <laughs> I can't hear you. Over the sound of the giant gorilla screaming. Here, lay here where you can get stepped on. Yeah. Oh. Charles Grodin has never done a friggin' thing in the entire movie. 
He's barked all kinds of. Or wait, no, here he is going to set off the explosives. Though I forgot about. He's going to push a button. Yeah. <laughs> nice monkey. Maybe I got a milk bone. I like that the monkey gets a good look at him, though. He takes an instant disliking to him, too. It's great. Who? Yeah. I mean. Crunch. Grab the ladder! I'm wondering how many of those people are just like really secretly, <laughs> secretly or not so secretly hoping that Charles Grodin doesn't make it. Yeah, <laughs> it gets crunched. Uh. Anyway. Don't worry, that door's held up for thousands of years. Not anymore. You'd think they just want to like. Oh, at this point, they just pull the pull the um bolt and let him in because they that's what they want. Right. You know, they want him to fall into the hole. Right now they're just well, they I guess they're going to tire him out a little bit. Nobody home. Here's Johnny. Speaking of nobody home, where the hell are the natives at this point? <laughs> they're smart. <laughs> they're on vacation. That really work better to dump it out on the ground like that? I don't know. I guess it's some sort of ethery substance that yeah, that just we'll all hide over here in the blue screen spot. They know yeah, exactly, our little strip. <laughs> now that's a little cheesy looking right there. He kinda of stumbles in sideways. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he pinwheels his arms. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I need a ride. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm <laughs> going. They want a longer. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see everybody else just starting to. I love that. That it, like. How? <laughs> That's a little stiff. You would be too if you <laughs> soaked in the gas. Now, how do they know they're not using too much chloroform? I know. Well, yeah, at this point, it would be you'd almost want to blow it away so he could get some oxygen so he wouldn't just... How are they all not passing out? That's another question there, but, well... But this also does have a good way of... Is that of... the same ship that they came in on? It's not, is it? It looks a hell of a lot bigger, doesn't it? Yeah, that's like an oil tanker now. Yeah, because it got him in the... Where they keep the in the hold where they keep the oil. Aw, sad monkey. He does a lot of sighing and stuff in here. I guess it could be the same ship. It just, it does look a lot bigger though. 
are they so scared about? I don't know. I'd be there all the time checking them out, you know. I don't know. <laughs> and see, here she's... There's another 70s fad is playing backgammon. <laughs> and I like how they just sort of position themselves with the backgammon what? board at a... At, uh, they sit down at a table, why don't you? <laughs> now one careless bump and that shit's gonna go all over the place. Yeah. See, and here's where they start trying to show like she's growing a conscience and stuff like that. And yeah, but it just it, it just doesn't work. I don't think she wears a bra through this entire movie. It's the 70s. Not that I'm complaining, but... 70s. It was the all... the all-natural... run, Jack. Yeah, run for your life. God damn, that mustache is like a greasy think? caterpillar. <laughs> That's a great shot of uh, Jeff Bridges there. <laughs> See, I, li I like this part. I really do. Well, this is where we start injecting the 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 stuff that wasn't in the original Kong and the, the sympathy for the ape and right and her having somewhat of a bond with him you know right would you th I don't know if I had that adventure on that island I wouldn't think of it as that gorgeous island <laughs> I think of it as that hellish death <laughs> right, yeah. That gorgeous island sounds like some place you want to go back to. See, this is one of my favorite. This might actually be my favorite part of the movie where he sets him straight about the island and the natives. I think that's great. The way he said, they're magic. Reminded me a lot of his Starman delivery. Yeah. Damn it, I'm tired of your trying to confuse this girl's mind. This is her big chance, and yours too. You know, there are stars in Princeton, the same way there are in Hollywood, Jack. You want out? You want me to cable Harvard or Yale and get Kong another keeper? Coast to coast tours. Beauty and the Beast. I wonder how long it's been since Charles Grodin watched this movie. I wonder if he's ever watched it after it came out. <laughs> Same with Jessica Lang. See that part right there. Yeah, I agree. At the beginning of the scene, it, it's a little, it's a little stiff and 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 wooden, and and Groden still doing his over the top thing. But by the end of that scene, I think the acting is really good there. I like the dialogue. I, I think that's one of the best scenes of the whole movie. Well, I mean, but it's it's because you've got Jeff Bridges, who's a fantastic actor, you know. Right. And, Charles right. Grodin's a fantastic actor too, but he's not given anything subtle to do, or he chooses not to do anything subtle with the role, or, or whatever. But it's just. What year did Superman the movie come out? 
78 or 79. 78, I think, actually. So he's actually not copying Gene Hackman's performance. <laughs> he might be copying him from something like The French Connection or something like that. I'm not sure what year. I know that predates Superman. Well, I'm just thinking of it in the context of the heavy in the, in the movie. Right, you Lex know, Luthor, it's, yeah. It's very similar to Lex Luthor where he's semi-comical, you know, and... right. Me? Something smells like my girl. <laughs> my hanky. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Creepy. He's picking out a goober. Now we get lucky. I feel so bad for him. I don't know how many times I've been right in the middle of getting it on and a goddamn monkey's got to go and spoil the whole thing. I'm telling you, it's not spoil. It's it's save. He's still at a point where he doesn't have to marry her. I mean, he can still do her and put her back where he found her, basically. A drift in a life raft. Yeah, that's, that would be my plan. <laughs> Somehow Kong knows. That's it. Climb the pipes. Except that you're a giant monkey, dumbass. I told him we shouldn't have slipped some vodka into those bananas. <laughs> oh, I can't go a movie without bending a pipe in half. Uh, I gotta oh, say... I flings the guy right out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, you know, I have nothing to say. I love when the monkey freaks out. These, this, these are my favorite parts. Yes, monkey freak out. <laughs> Rah! You sound like the Hulk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ho ho! He's wanted for a murder he did not commit. Why, why, why are they gonna flood it with seawater? Why don't they just give him a little more gas? You know. Yep. There you go. Once again, they forget about the gas bombs. Huh? Hey, baby. You remember me? Remember me, you blind egg. <laughs> blind egg. Well, I am a bit hungry. <laughs> That'd be funny if that's what he's throwing a fit about. It's not missing her, it's that he's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they threw him enough food to basically be the equivalent of one good solid bite for him. Well, and I was that just going to say it. it's like a handful of airplane peanuts or something. All those crates <laughs> of food are to him, you know? And then he doesn't even get an in flight movie. Poor damn gorilla. That just sucks, man. <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> that wasn't a bad effect for its What'd day. What did he say? Yeah, exactly. He said, get a tank. What? <laughs> he said, fill the tank. <laughs> fill the tank fast. That looked there like she was reaching out like it was supposed to be composited where she was actually petting him or something. That was kind of weird. She was doing like a Marcel Marceau yes. 
type of thing there. It just looked a little funny. I like that he figures out pretty much that, like, I'm a captive. I caught ya. Yeah, just get, just get out of here. <laughs> she's looking like, uh, why did he put me between his legs? I don't I know. Need to get she, the hell out of here. She's, she's about three feet away from some big drippy King Kong dick, so I would be backing away slowly <laughs> if I were her too. That's disgusting. Yes, it is. But you know, <laughs> let's let's be let's be real here. It's got to be somewhere in there. And he's like, "Hey, I can't help it. I was born that way. <laughs> I'm just naturally gifted." Shouldn't there be a big old pile of Kong shit in the corner somewhere? Maybe King Kong has an unnaturally tiny penis. That's why he's so angry and has to knock everything over and be really loud. <laughs> this is equivalent of buying a sports car and playing loud music through it. <laughs> so instead of going and getting a woman half his age for his midlife crisis, he's, uh, he's just got a, a woman... An eighth his size, is that what you're saying? Exactly. He's like, I'm hung hey, I'm hung like a mosquito. I gotta I gotta find the small ladies. <laughs> <laughs> There's five guys like trying to hold her up. <laughs> this is the fifth time he's been had to take her aside and go, What are you stupid? The answer is yes, Jack. She is stupid. <laughs> Translate. The answer to that is yes. <laughs> Did aliens make Jack stupid? The answer to that is yes. <laughs> at, at this point, Jack should be looking at what what until death do us part means. Don't the monkey. And I. You know, granted, we 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 have been repeatedly calling this Kong seventy six. For some stupid reason, I totally forgot about the bicentennial. It's the bicent. How could you forget the bicent? But between King Kong and the bicentennial, that's about all you heard of that entire year, especially oh, when yeah. you were our age. Yep. Like my mom had my mom's ten speed bike was red, white, and blue. Everything was bicentennial. Everything was bicentennial. Yep. This and that. Yep. Every every like cartoon show had little history of the United States things yeah, in between them. Spread. Quitting your circus, opening an arcade. <laughs> Hell, he could even he could be Kevin Flynn in this, you know. I mean, there's there's nothing whatsoever that can't link those two movies. You know what I mean? That would be hilarious. Which would be even more hilarious is in the next Tron movie if he decides to make a Kong in the in Tron world. <laughs> yeah, on the grid, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I'd watch that. I would watch that too. As colossally disappointed as I was in Tron Legacy, I would watch uh, a, a Tron Legacy Kong mashup. That would be awesome. <laughs> They have her kind of dolled up like like old Hollywood style right uh -huh. there. Jack, you're a smart man. Keep going. Keep going. 
Now get out of town. Here comes Tillinger. Yeah. In his helicopter. Okay, this is a moment. I, 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 this is a moment, as much as I want to offer up a defense for how much I love this movie, this is something I, I cannot defend. The music in this part is horrible. I now, granted, the, the only off, the only defense I can offer in this, I think it's all. I would like to think anyway that this is all intentionally over the top and horrible. The music in this but, part is really cheesy, horrible. Yeah, but this was the, like the costumes are horrible. This the was giant like, gas pump, and you know, this was like the big moment, though. This was like one of the big, you know, the big iconic moments. Right, but see, that's the that's the problem with it is that I think it is supposed to be intentionally cheesy. Well, yeah, they, they but because they use so much of this footage in the promotion of the movie then it gives the entire movie a, a, a cheesy feel. You know what I mean? They're, they're picking the wrong moment to, you know, they picked rather the wrong moment to promote with. They, they picked this moment that just looks crap because it's supposed to. Yeah, it's supposed to be like one of those 70s reviews. But when the, this is just, yeah, I don't, this kind of the having the gas tank kind of ruins it for. I like how I like how even he's. Well, just it doesn't sort of ruin like, it for me because you know initially you know after you said that the other day and I can't remember if that was on air or off but after you said yeah. that I, watching this again my initial shot was like yeah Chris is right this is really really stupid but then I got to thinking no this is the kind of stupid shit that that you know big companies would do. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's all product placement. You know, they want to remind you that it was Petrox that captured Kong, you know, and all that sort of thing. So I look at it that way. Is it, you know, is it really stupid and horrible and cheesy? Yes, but I, I really think it's intentionally so. You know, they're they're going for over the top here. Uh, yeah, and then on top of it, this is what they reveal. Right. But, See, right there should have been all there ever was of Mechanical Kong because everything else there ain't right, much more. doesn't work. They really, they really did take out it. They really did not use a lot of, for what they paid for that. Yeah, oh, like $2 million, I think I was reading the other day. Something like that. Now, I thought it was actually more than that. I thought it was like tens of millions of dollars. It would but have it was been actually, these days. Yeah, it was, it was a hair under two million, which is still crazy as expensive in 1976. See, when he really roars and, and goes, you know, has that look on his face of outrage, you know, it really is a great mask. I love, I love this this cut here. Like right there, I mean, when he looks pissed, he's that's a great look. See, I like how they cut away, and then, then he's he's already he's out shredding. of it. Yeah, he's already out of See, it. See that composite right there was great. Yeah. So they should have just kept with composites. Cause watch right here, that looks like shit. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the last we see of Mechanical Kong, but that yes. just that one simple I mean, I think that, that total shot right there was less than you know, two seconds. It but looks, it was enough to ruin the whole damn scene. It just looks like he, crap he's where mechanical Kong is, Yeah. He's shaped he's, differently. He's stiff as a board. He he looks like he's got, you know, rigor mortis or something. Yes. 
run. <laughs> she looks like the same lady from the beach in Jaws that does the same thing, just screams and causes a panic. And now, oh, oh, I forgot. There, you there go. was another one. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Action figure Kong. But Jack, 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 you fool. Oh, this is great. He's coming. Oh, ouch! That's great. I like how they're still sort of twitching too, and he. Now I could swear, and maybe the, maybe I did see the TV version when I was a kid, but I could swear the part where he stomps on Charles Grodin, that he did twist his foot, and then when he lifts his foot and steps away. He's not there anymore. Yes, that was on the TV version. In this okay. one, in this All one, right. they make it. They make they they cut it to make him look like he's he's done. Right. And right there in the TV version, it lifts up and just his hat is under there because he right. he flipped right. off okay. to the side. Yep. So I have seen that. Yes, then, and Charles I'm... Grodin has said in the intervening years that they filmed it for him that he escaped, and then they decided, well, there's no more scenes with him. We might as well have Kong stomp him which <laughs> yeah that makes sense eat tinfoil and balsa wood <laughs> <Rah. laughs> that's what I think you're bicentennial now we're feeling like a Godzilla movie there's been so much development in giant mo monster movies since uh the original Kong that now we know how to deal with it. It's Godzilla style. Right. Get the army in and and we block need to off. Do it. Have you ever done a commentary for that? Because I know that we were uh, we guested on um, on uh, Thomas Mattis's Thomas Mattis's show talking about them. We haven't actually done a commentary for that, have we? For the original the the Godzilla. No, the remake, the the American yeah. Godzilla. Have we done that one? No. I would love to do that. That's another one I, I think I, I'd like to offer up a defense for. I'd dig yeah. the hell out of that movie. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 and I might have some different I'm I don't hate <laughs> that movie, but This is great. Yes. The model work in this is phenomenal. The only part of this that doesn't work is the fact that they keep cutting to the real subway car where you can see clearly see people all over the place at the windows and stuff trying to climb out and stuff like right there it's full yeah, of people and there's nobody in it from and the outside nobody in his you know when it, when it does the long shot of of him picking up the thing that's the only thing that's wrong with it and see that would be easily fixed today you could you could go back and CGI people in and make it that much cooler But the model work is just phenomenal. Yeah, the, he's got the he's got the dirt on. I like uh, I like that they picked up on this idea from the original. What? Yay! <laughs> Ow! Well, she wasn't dead before. She's dead now. I, I know. I'd like to do a body count on the 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 first two Kongs, the thirty three and the seventy six, and see which one has a. Higher body count. I, I, I would think 33. Because they yeah, were trying to so. make this Kong a little more um, sympathetic. So I don't think he just... But he does kill a fair amount of people. But not just not with the abandon that he did in 
What the hell did he drop the motorcycle? No, you're gonna drop the motorcycle and run the rest of the way. What, yeah. the, what the hell's the point of that? Maybe because they think they can... I, I don't know. I mean, look at that. That's all model work. Look how great that looks. Because that's not a composite. That's... That's actual model work. Yeah, that's a that's a a building. Godzilla style. I think they might look a little this stuff might look a little more realistic than like a Godzilla movie because King Kong's not as big as Godzilla. Right. So it's got a little more solidity to it. See how this I don't know, do you think you think that's a good idea, Dwan? All right, let's go get a drink. But if King Kong picks you up, you're on your own, dumbass. <laughs> That's what I would say. I know one thing. He must have a really good sniffer to, to smell her out in all of New York City. A, a, a entire city that smells like bum piss. <laughs> ah, the the piss of a thousand bums. I like that, that there's a cigarette still lit on the... It reminds me of, like, the Marie Celeste or something like that. Right, yeah. I was, You know, I was thinking the same thing. That's funny. Don't worry. Monkeys can't swim. Oh, that's right. He can just walk across the river. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, the, I'll, I'm sure the river is much deeper than King Kong, though. And much smellier than the rivers on his... Island, I'm sure. We don't want to get shot, looters. So I'm going to leave my credit card here. It's not like it's 76, Jeff Bridges. There's there's no like security cameras taken down there. Have a drink. Well, plus it looks like he leaves his his uh, credit card yeah, too instead what, of leaving. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Leave it here. At least we won't get shot as looters. Yeah, but you'll get your credit card maxed out, dumbass. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've been through so much excitement. It's in your blood like dope. You're going to need new fixes that I'm not going to be able to give you. It's a weird-looking beard, too, now that I think about it. It's just like it's not fully grown in at all at the top. Like he's just starting to grow a beer, but then the bottom's all all bushed out. That's that's it's the, like Grizzly Adams or something. It is. That was a that was like a hippie type. You know who all the you know who all had beards like that was all the guys in Creedence Clearwater Revival had the same yeah. that same kind of. He, for some reason, Jeff Bridges and John Fogerty always remind me of they cut off the same cloth. Yay! <laughs> Okay, King Kong, here's an idea. Don't walk back Don't into them. Again. Yes. <laughs> Monkeys are supposed to be relatively smart. Probably some National Guardsman wearing his tank into the powerhouse. Alright, I'm gonna leave you alone right now and um if you just right. happen to get caught grabbed by an ape, remember you wanted the drink. Right, the only phone available is the one in the basement. <laughs> in a restaurant and bar. In New York City. No, run, 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 go. 
Plenty of fish in the sea, Jack. You're in New York City, land of the, the world's craziest people and the world's most beautiful women. I left the iron on. Shit. It's a close encounters moment. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Shit, the mothership's coming. Are there any mashed potatoes in here? <laughs> this means something. This is important. What do you think? Is he flipped out or is This reminds me of like Ghostbusters. <laughs> this man has no balls. Excuse me, Professor. Say you know where Kong is headed. Yes, I do. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. I love it. In these days, you could call up politicians and say something like that, and they'd say, okay, no problem. Today, you call them up and say, they'd say, who's that? They're like, I don't know, some kook, probably some kid making a prank call, you know? Okay, wise ass. Yeah. All right, we'll get the copters ready. All right, thanks, Professor. Damn it, do we have a deal? Yes, Professor, we have a deal. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Where's the monkey going? There's one place in Manhattan that looks exactly like a certain part of his native habitat. Let him through to it. You can trap him there. Let him climb to the top of the World Trade Center. A few years ago, I was the mayor now, of Amity. Now I'm the mayor of New York. I don't want to tangent this off into crazy territory, but I know that one of your, your side projects, if you, if you don't mind talking about this briefly is uh, you're doing some sort of research thing on uh, on the whole 9-11 thing do you know in in all of the the massive media coverage that there was of that was was jeff bridges or jessica lang ever uh interviewed post 9-11 i just not to get off but i love that shot of his face there it totally oh, looks yeah. like kong from 33 you know it looks yes yeah very much so the only problem is, is that that means that he just drug her head and body through smashing these doors right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Ow. her head is what smashed that door. Well, I know Luke was saying something about he didn't understand why she just stood still and let Kong reach in slowly and grab her and pull her out of there. I, I think it was, I don't know, I think it was a combination of factors. I think it was shock. Well, I... Plus... You know, it's I, again. She's feeling something for for him. You know, during this part. The, to answer your question, there there were a lot of um, sightings of a giant monkey on 9/11. The government's <laughs> been keeping it bottled up. Bottled yeah. up. That was Je not my question the, at all. There's videotape of Jeff Brooks going. It's a giant monkey, man. And the and it was on. Who YouTube the hell is Jeff Brooks? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Brooks. <laughs> Jeff Brooks is someone I went to college with. Oh, okay. Jeez. This is the same crack squad that uh, yeah would take down the Blues Brothers one day. It's just eerie. Fifteen hundred miles to go, full tank of gas, and I'm wearing an ape suit. <laughs> Hit it. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> I like that look around, just like, uh huh. Kinda... Yeah, you had that look like you guys don't mind if I climb that thing, do you? Uh I think I better go up. Yes. It's a little bit of a the like it reminds me a little bit of the movie Schlock. 
<laughs> yeah, that yeah, that moment did, yeah. I'm gonna make kitty cat noises now. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, um, Kong is definitely given a bit more intelligence in this. You know, right now he knows it's all over. You know, you can tell that. Goddamn, Rick Baker's great in a monkey suit. He's just like, yep. I'm gonna make my symbolic last stand here. Watch, he just he just rode up on the bike, dumps the bike. It's like David Banner in. <laughs> the oh, he did. Okay, I take it back. He did get back on that because I was gonna say there he go. He dumps the bike again, so I thought it was a continuity error. But no, he did start the bike up again. I'd still be or riding. Start riding it again. I mean, see, like, oh man, it's just weird seeing that lobby, and oh, then yeah, you see the video of like when the when the wreckage was falling on that lobby. It's just so weird and. Man, Kong does very little damage to the <laughs> World Trade Centers. But everything, you know, everything about this is is playing a whole different feel than the last King Kong. You know, the music is kind of sad and tragic and right. You know, Kong Kong has more of a realization of his fate. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. You're right. From from this point on, it's a completely different feel from the original one. But again, it goes into why it's, it's become this the, is my yeah. It's become the standard though for King right. Kong movies, right? And I think a lot of it came from also from all the years of like from the Godzillas and the in the um, oh what's that Gamera? You know, going from. From bad guys to, to good guys, you know. Well, see, I don't think that the, the pathos is missing from the 33 Kong, but the difference is there is that we feel for him, she doesn't. Right. And in this one, she very clearly does feel for him. You know, she feels badly when she realizes that, you know, they're going to take him out, that they have no intention of trying to just, you know, peaceably capture him again. That part right there worked. That that little smiley gave. That's that's mm -hmm. much better than the one before where he was doing the, the lumpy e? grin. <laughs> well, this 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 one is tinged with his impending doom. <laughs> right. She knows it too. See, she can tell. But getting back to the bar scene, I think the biggest reason why I think she let Kong take her is that, I don't know, I, I almost see it as, uh, as almost like a sacrifice. Not that she's sacrificing her life, but that she's allowing him to take her because if she doesn't, then, you know, who knows what kind of damage he might inflict on, you know, at, at that building at the least, the city at the worst, because he can't get to her again or something like that. Oh, an asshole. King Kong should have farted and taken him out. <laughs> it's Lanacane. Lanacane. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Jeff Bridges See, in the poster, is like, he's actually straddling the two. I know. Jeff Bridges is times. like, 
Oh shit, it's like a one mile walk from this building to the top of the next building. It's just so weird. Whenever I see him walking through the halls and stuff, I keep thinking, all that is dust now. All that got turned into dust. It's crazy. What the hell is this that he throws at them that blows up? I don't know. It's like some tank of gas or something. It's like a natural gas tank. What I like in, what I like in this is uh, Kong throws stuff like a real... That's the part that gets Luke, Jack, and Eddie right there is when he, See, he cheers the death of... I don't think he should be cheering the death of no. men. But no, at the no. same rate, I, I see him cheering Kong on... I don't know. Well, it, it was it's, because it's he weird. saw those guys going up and he was like, they li you know... He's they lied to him. Yeah, they, that they him. have no intention of, of taking him out or capturing him. They lied to Jeff Bridges. Plus, he, he can see that they're hurting Kong. And so I think that's why he cheers. It's not that he's so much cheering, you know, that the guys got killed. Is that Kong's defending himself, you know? He's got some really good eyes to spot that from that I far know. away. I know. I see Kong sees it too, though. I like that part. Hey, that's Freddie Mercury driving that one helicopter. <laughs> See, I think this is... I, 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 I'm a gore hound. I think this is a little too gory. Yeah, I, it is. It's brutal. It's it and, really is brutal. And then they and they they milk that they milk that to the max in in the, in the King Kong Lives movie. But that's just that's just just having him matted with blood like that is just like kind of too much, I think, for a King Kong movie. Peter Jackson. I don't know. Definitely, I, mean, it, I don't know. It it makes. This one tears me up more than either of the other versions do because you you can see it and he knows, you know, that's why he keeps pushing her. You know, he put her down to begin with, and why he keeps pushing her away because he knows that they're not, they have no intention of letting him go. And I, I like this version better that she feels for him. That you know, it's horrible, you know, that they're killing him. And I don't know. I, I do. Oh like no, this I I this I a whole lot better. I like I like the trope of the ape being sympathetic because I like I I root for the apes. Right. I root for the giant monsters, so it's fine with you know. I don't think that's an unwelcome um, addition to the the King Kong legend. I I think that's why it's stuck. And why it was in the Peter Jackson one too, and any subsequent King Kong that we'll probably get from any point on, you know. Right. See, I also think that this one's timed out just right. You know, well, they come down, they do what they need to do, and he's wounded and he knows it, and he has a little moment with her, 
and then he falls through his and that's it because that was my problem with the peter jackson one ultimately he milked it is he, everything he... hinges on kong's death scene because you know through the entire movie as soon as you sit down in the theater seat you know what's coming in that movie so that's the scene that has to work and for me it just didn't and and when that scene didn't work the whole movie didn't work that looked bad mm. That sickening thud's pretty, uh, pretty messed up. Though. Jeff Bridges gets—they both get down to the ground. I don't know how they get down there so quickly. I was trying to do a quick calculation in my head of how far he fell in his scale, and I, I came up dry on that. I need a calculator. Far enough, but I, how'd she get down there? Or is she still up on top looking down? She's on top no, looking down. No, she's down there. That's wholly implausible. <laughs> Unless she had a parachute. She slid down the rail. I like how the sound, after he passes away, how the sound suddenly rushes in on her. That picture was... This the, this picture here was... Everywhere. Everywhere, pub yeah. Publicizing this. Yep. I, I remember when they I remember when they had the giant King Kong in New York City and they had, you know, it was basically a bit, you know, those are basically all just real New York City residents for the most part, like really standing around. Look at there's J.J. Walker in the background taking a picture. <laughs> Dynamite! You said he wasn't learning, but here he, he, at the end of the movie, it does seem like he finally learned his lesson because he does. He actually walks away from her. I never quite got this, though. I don't know, you know, after everything he went through, he, he doesn't. He doesn't go to her, you know. He kind of just walks away because he's intelligent. <laughs> 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 but it's he, almost like he's blaming her. You know what I mean? That, that's how I've always said. How do you interpret that? You know, look at the guy just waving his hat back there just to be on camera. She is, that's funny. She's partially to blame. She shouldn't have been involved. By that. By the time she was involved in the ceremony, uh, you know, the the whole display, you know, she already knew that she wasn't uh, doing anything, you know, wasn't... Uh, probably shouldn't have been doing that so so you think he did blame her then partially i would <laughs> i would she should have if if she had like principles about it she should have said i'm not gonna participate it's in just... this anymore you know and right and uh, but at the same point at the, at that point you know it's not like if she didn't participate they were gonna let king kong go right but 
you know. I mean, it's just so it's a weird it's a weird scene. It's a, kind of a weird ending because after everything he went through and all, and he he runs up to her, call you know, runs up to that scene, calling her name and fighting his way towards her, and he gets almost to her. Well, here's the thing, and they, then he stops and, and has this weird look come over his face, and and then that's just it. He doesn't go to her. Well, when, when they she's were in, standing there crying his name, you know. When they were in the bar together, he was certainly back into her, you know. I don't know what changed between the bar and there, you know. That was after, right? Uh, it the, gives the whole, me the feeling like he he saw Kong, you know, for the first time, really, you know, dead, like laying the you know, the body, and, and something like a change came over him. But it, it would I would like to like. Like a like a line or something, just something to, to really clue you in on exactly what he's thinking. Because you know you can only interpret so much from the from the look on his face and everything. What what was he thinking? What thought went through his head to make him just stop in his tracks and and not continue to fight his way to her when she's standing there bawling and and calling his name? You know. Well, that was that. Yeah. I you know I still love it though I still think it's a fantastic flick. What do you what do you think? I think it's a it's as valid as 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 the original Kong. It's not the monstrosity that people say it is. It's it's it completely it works for the most ninety percent of the time within what it's supposed to work as. You know. And and you know I noticed I was doing a little reading on this. I think time has has not been as cruel to this movie as it was when it first came out. I think over time there's right. there's a lot of people who are like you know this movie has its limitations, but that you know they 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 chalk it up mostly to the limitations of the special effects at the time. Right. And uh, you know I mean King Kong is not supposed to be Shakespeare. It's it's you know it has dramatic the the dramatic elements of it but it's supposed to be an adventure story and this this totally works as it um i i don't think i think the second the new york city part of it works better than the skull island part of it mostly because like you said the the lack of dinosaurs and the lack of just constant attack on uh, skull right. island being this place Sort of like Jurassic Park, where the minute you set foot on it, it's a battle for survival, you know? Right. Something different's going to come out of the woodwork at every corner and try to eat you. And you don't get that feeling there. You get a basically, like, Kong's on the loose. There's no real feel of danger from the natives. And the big snake is the only other thing, and uh, that gets pretty much taken care of. <laughs> yeah, if, if if there's a if there's a half of the film that suffers more from special effects limitations than the other, then it's it's definitely the first half of the movie because, like you say, no dinosaurs and that sort of thing. Whereas the New York City stuff, um, I, I just think it looks really really good. I mean, the model work to me it, it's so good that you can kind of forget that when you know when you see Kong strolling through streets and 
you know, coming around buildings and climbing buildings and things like that, you know, all you're seeing right there had to be created by model builders. I mean, those aren't composite shots. No, they probably that's pretty neat. That's they pretty probably impressive. went to the neighborhoods and recreated the actual buildings because right because when you show movies like these, New Yorkers watch them and they they're looking, they're like, hey, that's 183rd Street or whatever, you know. Right. They, yeah. So, and but no, they 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 did the models really nice where you could see the. Uh, you know, like the grit and the dirt from the from the streets and stuff from the yeah. um, auto exhaust and stuff on the side of the you know they looked lived in. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I liked best about uh, over at, uh, at Universal Studios and you know here in Florida. Years ago, there used to be a King Kong attraction, and it was called uh, Kongfrontation. I'm not sure what year it closed down. It's been gone a long time now, but um, I went back in 90, I think it was 95 I went, and it was the only time I ever got to see it while it was there. And uh, man, I, you know, of all the stuff that, uh, that I did, you know, on that trip, because that was when there was only just you know, the one park, they hadn't, you know, I mean, the Islands of Adventure and all that wasn't even a, a gleam in anybody's eye yet. And of all the stuff that, that I rode and, you know, all the things we got to do there during that trip, I think that was probably my favorite. And it was because of the level of detail that was in that. Because, the you know, the whole queue area and the, and the ride was, it recreated the streets of New York City at night. And it was, I mean, it was just incredible. You know, the Kong animatronics themselves, they, they were okay. I mean, they were, basically, they look like the giant Kong robot in this movie. They were a little more articulate. They moved a little bit quicker. They weren't so stiff and herky-jerky, but still... They were giant robot it was a Kongs. Big, big pneumatic robot, yeah. Yeah, a big pneumatic robot, yeah, and they still looked like it. But what sold it was everything around him looked so authentic and really beautifully recreated not only the look of, of New York City, but, I mean, it looked, like you said, it looked lived in. It was dirty. You know, I mean, it was, granted, it was it's fabricated <laughs> dirty, but it, was, it, it really looked like, like you had just suddenly been transported to a, a, a real lived-in city at night. I mean, when you looked in the windows, they looked like lived-in apartment windows. Like, like they, there were really tenements in those windows, you know? I mean, just this incredible, incredible level of detail that, you know, here... I mean, I live where there's theme parks. I go to the theme parks all the time. I can't think of rides or attractions that, that are existent right now that I go to that I think have successfully duplicated that lived-in feel to that extent. I mean, it, they really pulled out all the stops for that one attraction, and uh, and I miss it. I, I, I really uh, I would love to be able to go back in time and be able to do that at least once more just to, you know, to get that feel again, and plus to see if I would feel the same way about it, you know? But uh, I just remember that being a, a heck of a lot of fun, because it was a on uh, uh, a cable car and the cable car went through several different scenes and there were uh, you know like you'd spot Kong doing different things in a couple parts but then at, at the very end of it he actually would attack 
the cable car that you were riding in. So you actually like survived a Kong attack, you know, in a cable car during that ride. And it was just really cool. I mean, it was, I remember it frightening people, you know, like old, old, you know, like women and, 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 uh, small, you know, like old, you know, mm-hmm. old people and small children, you know, being, uh, being frightened by it. Cause it was, I mean, it was kind of a hairy thing, you know, you're, you're hanging by this suspended cable car and then all of a sudden this giant monster's, grabbing you and kind of you know jerking you around around. and yeah it was it was pretty exciting it was good stuff but uh yeah that one's been gone a long time now but i just always thought it was neat that you know say what you want about this movie that was the version that they chose to adapt for that you know that theme park attraction it wasn't you know the classic 33 one well it was made in that time period too so Right. I wonder whatever happened to that original, the the pneumatic Kong. Yeah, I was wondering made. about that the other day. I was wondering if they adapted any of that into either of the rides. Because I know that there, there was a Kong out in the California Universal Studios Park as well. I don't know if that still exists because I know there was a fire there. Gosh, that was a long time ago. Now that might be as much as a decade or more ago now. It was quite a while ago. But there was a fire that, I, if I'm remembering the story right, I think it basically destroyed the attraction. But I think they've since rebuilt it, I think. But I, I don't know. See, I've never been out there, so I don't know the, the whole story. But there's probably enough years between this movie and either of those universal attractions to where that that pneumatic kong probably just wound up you know disassembled and you know recycled or something but who knows i mean it it may have wound up out there in the in the california park i i really have no idea if anybody knows write in let us know i'd I'd love to know i I think that that would be really interesting to find out you know yeah whatever happened some hippie's garage in california yeah yeah, you never know. I mean, it certainly yeah. cost enough. I, it, it's hard to hard to fathom that after spending all that money for it and it shows up on screen for something like 15 seconds that it would just wind up in the junkyard, but you never know. Yeah, the movie's over, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But that's pretty much all I got on this one. I, I think it's... Uh, it's uh, a kind of a shame that there wasn't ever, uh, to, at least to my knowledge, it never was adapted to the comics or anything like that. I would have liked to have seen this version it, you know, adapted. I'm surprised it wasn't, it, it, since there was so much marketing with this. I can't believe it's hard to believe that they didn't uh, get a comic tie-in with it. But I think the one that we uh, that we reviewed last time around, I think that just got reissued. That was the closest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you know if, was there ever a novel for the you know a novelization of, of this version? No, they just reissued the original novelization. Yeah, see, yeah, because that's where I got my copy. Is when this this version came out. It was. I remember going to the drugstore in in West. You remember the drugstore that was right next to the, um, oh, what was it? The PNC. Yeah. And there was that drugstore there. That's where I got. Yeah. Uh, that's where I got this adaptation. And there were like five different, you know, five different versions with five different covers, you know. And uh, 
I remember that place because that's where I bought the third chapter of the Batman story of Death in the Family where where Robin died. I I looked everywhere for that and couldn't find it, and I ended up finding it on the rack in that store. They had two copies of it, and I bought it. It came to $1.75, and I had to write a check. For a dollar seventy-five, I remember the or a dollar fifty rather, and I remember the girl behind the counter be, like being all like pissy about the fact I was writing a check for a lousy dollar fifty. Uh, I don't know why I remember that so well, but I I do. It just came to me when you said that that little drugstore. I was like, holy shit, yeah, I remember that drugstore. I had to go there to get Marvel Tales when they did all the, when they re, when they reprinted all yeah. the original Spider-Mans from Amazing <laughs> Fantasy number fifteen up. It was in Marvel Tales, and they always had them at that drugstore, and I had to go there to get them. And they always had the, they always had, Mego figures, on sale there. I always remember seeing Migos in there. But yeah, I chose the, I chose the one with like this really neat painted cover, like black and orange painted cover. But most of them were all you know variations on the, movie promotional art, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Kong on top of the trade center. Uh, Kong fight. The 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 painting of Kong fighting the snake was spectacular. Yes. You see Kong in the in the paintings, he looked like he had like some whiter fur on him. He looked shaggier and just badass. He looked like you could almost he see like, like the he looked like a silverback gorilla. Yes, and you could see like you could see like his hackles raised up and stuff and he looked just savage in those. Though I think that might have been what disappointed a lot of people as they were expecting those paintings to come to life and you know, they they could ju- they, that's only going to happen like now <laughs> that you could actually pull that off, but um yeah, it's just uh, it's just the uh, uh, adaptation of the original reissued, which is funny because it, it is basically the same story but different named characters and you know. Right. So it, it is weird. It, it just seems really weird to me because it seems like they went to such lengths. Yeah, exactly. To to homage yet distance themselves from the original with this you know they they took a different tact they they tried to bring a different uh well, feel to the screen and yet let, you know let me you, put you it get this way uh-huh. dino de Laurentiis was a producer right so you're you know you're not looking at the classiest guy in the world and at the same time that it was a big production that was only because he was able to finagle movie companies into putting all this money into it but he was also a huckster you know he was also a marketer so he was probably you know he was probably cutting corners he was probably like ah why why pay someone to do the novelization we'll just get the old one and, and slap the same picture on it and they'll buy it anyway you know and that way we don't have to pay an author you know and go through all that that you know, Fanango. And by that time, I don't know if the original was... Is the original public domain by now? I think it is. I don't know if it would have been then. Then. Because it was only 40-some years old then, but right. now I, I, I think I think it is. And it, and it might be the same with the book. Or the copyrights might have lapsed, so they might have been... The book might have been a freebie for them. You know what I mean? If it was mm-hmm. public domain. So... 
you know, why why pay somebody and do all that work when you got a freebie there? So that 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 might have been part of it. You know, D Dino is more used to like he you know, he's he's kind of more in the Michael Bay <laughs> area, you know, than the right Stanley Kubrick zone. So I don't know. It would be it would I I I, I totally can't believe there wasn't a Marvel comic adaptation and then and then a subsequent continuation <laughs> a la 2001 you know, and Planet of and all think, that. Now that I think about it, one of the things that uh, I, I can't believe I never thought about this before, but when you said Marvel comic, it suddenly hit me. I, I'm actually kind of surprised that Kong was never brought into uh, Marvel proper. Because Godzilla, Godzilla was. Godzilla was, yeah. Yeah, you know, he fought everybody from, you know, from the from the Fantastic Four to the Avengers to, you know, Red Ronin and all those guys. Well, so actually, speaking of the copyright, it must not elapse because I noticed Marion Cooper's name all over almost everything. So he must have, maybe Miriam Cooper had some sort of, if he was even alive, had some sort of say or the estate of Marion Cooper. I don't know. So maybe they were picky about who they would license it out to. I don't know. It didn't seem like they were picky about who they... There was lots of licensed stuff on this movie. Yeah. But Yeah, for sure. But All over it, the place. it should be. It should be. I mean, it, a Kong movie should be a big deal, and it should be a, promo, it should be a sideshow promotion, just like the original, you know? And that's why I like all three versions. They all sort of... Fall, you know, when the Peter Jackson one it was a big deal, everybody was talking about oh, they're, they're remaking King Kong and this is how they're going to do it, and you know, and this is the new technology involved and all that, you know. So, hopefully, if they ever remake King Kong again, it'll be when we have some sort of next exponential leap in movie special effects or, or you know. Maybe the next one should be when we have like Holovision or something like that, you know. You know what's going to be interesting is, you know, all right, so you've got the original that's 33 and then you've got this one in in 76. Then you had the the Jackson one which, you know, places it once again in 33. What if the next one say is another 10 or 20 years down the road and it homages this one? Sets it in the 70s. In the again. 70s. That would be really interesting. It would be very, I think that interesting. Would be very interesting. Would they choose the Twin Towers? You know, that would right. be, You know, would 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 it be too soon? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, bad if, taste if, or whatever. Yeah, if, or, you, if you put another decade or you know two yeah. on it, then you know they could do it with a with a total nostalgia factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, oh, that, a, that could no, be interesting. Well, now there's a nostalgia factor built in. There's a nostalgia factor built into every movie that has the Twin Towers in it. Now it's just like you see them and go, "Oh yeah, that's right." Well, not so much the just the Twin Towers, but just the fact you know the '70s. I mean, so many people you know look back on that with you know with whatever emotions, whether it's nostalgia or groans or whatever. You know, but also, you know, the year it took place was the bicentennial, which isn't really played up in this as much as I thought that it was. But it's—I mean, it's there, but it's they not. They didn't have not to beat over the head with it. <laughs> they didn't but, I mean, have it's... to. It just had to be there because it was there right. and everything else. So you know, it was just a given. They didn't really have to nail it home. You know, 
But I, I could totally see somebody revisiting this movie, you know, in in our future as, as a big budget special effects thing, and really, really strongly going for '70s nostalgia, and really playing up, you know, the bicentennial and the '70s and disco and just everything that we associate with you know the world of 1976 yeah. i i could see them really playing this, they didn't this play time all that up, i was gonna know, say this th- movie because it, it took place in that time so right they, you know it, it was there wasn't all that you know that built into it but you could totally oh, you, you, you could totally have people in a disco like the town dancing and all of a sudden a big foot comes through you know right right the, the words get in stuck in my throat <laughs> the only thing i would worry about and something like that is, I wouldn't want them to do it for laughs. You know, I wouldn't yeah, want them Austin to do Austin Powers it. style or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. You know, do it, do it seriously with you know. I don't think I don't think if there was going to be a a a, a movie bearing the King Kong title, you know, if somebody was making a parody of it or something like that, I'm surprised there haven't been more parodies of King Kong and Godzilla movies. You know. Right. What with all those people who do, you know, the scary movie stuff and and something like that, I'm surprised there hasn't been one that has has been maybe because it's too expensive <laughs> to actually do. The schlock is like the closest thing you got mm-hmm. that I can think of. There's some that 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 are so bad they're almost a parody, but I don't think they were going for that. But um, yeah, that's about all I can think of to uh to spew out about this movie. But uh, we still have one more, one more in King Kong month. Oh yes, and it's the Peter Jackson one. But at the same time, it's sort of about the Peter Jackson movie. To me, it's gonna be almost like how to tie them all together. You know. So by right. the time we hit the Peter Jackson, we'll have si- we'll have just rewatched all three King Kongs, and we'll fully be able to like compare and contrast. I'm really looking for. I have a I have a feeling, and since that one's on a commentary, I'm gonna watch the movie and take. Since it's a, I'm watching the extended version of it, so it's probably gonna be close to four hours long. You know, Lord of the Rings style. So I'm having a feeling that I'm gonna have huge notes huge amount of notes on this and half of them are going to be like putting this in the context of the other two movies so I'm looking forward to it and (laughs) that show doesn't have to be as long as the movie either so luckily for you guys you listeners (laughs) yeah you won't get four hours of us talking over over Peter Jackson's visuals (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, but this but the Peter Jackson one is a lot like this one to me. There's parts that I really 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 like and there's parts that just totally don't work for me, you know, that right. that, that were just like that just failed, you know, despite their technical, you know. And that's almost well, we'll save it for Peter Jackson. I was right. going to say that's almost more of a shame than having a failure of special effects it's when the special effects work and it still doesn't work so yeah i agree 
Well, join us next week for the uh, wrap-up of Kong Month with uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong 2005. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.